It is the Two Dudes Podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is our first, well, it's more like 1.5. <laughs> we've had some We've had some issues trying to get this up and running, but finally, after hours of figuring this shit out, I think we got it. Anyway, thank you so much to our uh, listeners. Hopefully, the next time that you hear from us, we'll have some viewers as well. We're trying to get some video input into this as well. Um, but this is the Two Dudes Sports Podcast, and thanks so much for joining us. We'll go, we'll go ahead and go around the table here now that we've cracked a beer open. And uh, we'll go and tell each other about ourselves. We've also got our handy-dandy Julie D over here on the technical side. She's running the laptop and audio and making sure everything's not going all to shit again. That was not her fault, by the way. I'm not throwing her under the bus. We just had some horrible, horrible software issues, and it was all me. So, But anyway, tell them about yourself, Derek. Yep. So, like you said, I'm Derek. Um, I have been playing football all my life. Uh, love sports. Love watching them every single week. Uh, love NBA and NFL, MLB. I'm trying to get into a little bit more now so we can talk about it. But, yeah, I've been playing the game all my life. Continue. I hope – I plan on continuing it in college. Yes, sir. So we'll just see what happens. But, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. We're, we're glad to have you. And, by the way, guys, we both vape. I'm so sorry. There's going to be a couple of times you're going to hear a <laughs> – in the mic. But uh, just that's just just hang with us. We're have we 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 both vape. What are you vaping on right now, bud? Uh, it's a fifty milligram salt. It's called the Berg. It's my favorite. You get it at uh, Smoke Boutique in Sevierville. Fuck yeah! Yep. There's a shameless plug. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That we're not getting paid for. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Exactly. Non spawn. We are we are we are not sponsored by them. But I've I've been to their shop a couple times. It's nice. Yeah. I they just redid it. it too. Really hardwood. It looked real good in there. It's real big. Fuck yeah! I'll go ahead and plug my uh, my uh, vape shop. I, I go to a couple. Shout out to L Seven. Uh, their shop that we used to go to that was actually close to our house just closed down on the strip. Rest in peace. Uh, that was due to COVID. I think it was just they couldn't get enough juice in and everything like that, so they had to kind of bounce back to just one. But L Seven Vapor still has a vape shop open in Farragut off of Campbell Station. They are sick. Go hit them up. They have a great selection. This is also this is non spawn. I'm just you know speaking off the top of my head here. They're they're really awesome. And uh, we also go to Smoky Mountain Vapor now, which is off uh, Clinton Highway. Yep. Or, I'm sorry, no, Broadway. It's uh, right before you get to the Kroger on Broadway, coming off the interstate. We probably should say that we are based in the Knoxville, Sevierville area. Yes, we are based in, in the Knoxville area. He's actually Derek's over in the Seymour area, yeah. Seymour area and Sevierville. out from Knox. Yeah, and then I'm over here in the heart of Knoxville, baby. East Town. Yes, sir. We're from the east side. I'm actually from the west side, but, yeah. you know, I just bought a house on the east side. But anyway, and uh, but fuck yeah. Anyway, back to what we were saying. My name's Noah. Um, I've been doing podcasts for a while. I've been on a lot of friends' podcasts. This is the first time I've actually been able to start a sports podcast, which is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And Derek and I have talked about it for here a couple months, and we just decided to say fuck it and pull yep. the trigger. And I'm happy we did it. We That's got Derek. Start now. Yeah, we got Derek and Julie here, and uh, so we kind of <laughs> first time we actually tried to run through this podcast. I made it sound like we were one big incest party here. We're not Derek. I know Derek because he's actually my uh, future and brother-in-law. He is my girlfriend's uh, brother, and then Julie is my girlfriend's sister's girlfriend. Fuck yeah, I got it right this time. <laughs> I was like, we're one big happy family. We're all fucking each other. It's not what I meant. Mm-mm, it's not what I meant. But anyway, we got Julie D over here on the tech. Go ahead and say something to him, Julie D. I do the tech. Fuck yeah, she yep. does a tech. That's she, all you need to know about Julie. She fucking does a tech. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Julie D over here on the software and hardware. But and I uh, ask questions. And she asks questions. And she's she's got a good thought, too, and uh, a good sports mind. So uh, we'll definitely be bringing her in on some conversations and everything like that. Hopefully, 
I can have you on as a guest because that'd be fucking sick. That'd be fucking sick. But anyway, uh, let's get started, dude. Yep. I'm go. excited. I'm let's excited. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about today, I'll go ahead and take this transition if that's okay. We'll go ahead and start on the uh, college football side. Now, we are based in Knoxville, so we are going to be talking. Regardless of where you're like based out of, I feel like the dumpster fire that is the University of Tennessee has to be talked about. Yes. It has needs to be, to be talked about. about. Not Abs- for all good reasons. But, right. You know. It has to be talked about. And it's it's our home team. And, and you know, going back to this Saturday, we played Vandy. Uh, I, I watched the game, and I was thoroughly unimpressed at best. I was thoroughly unimpressed. Un- not impressed is an understatement. Yes, they beat the brakes off Vandy. Right. Let me say that again. They beat the brakes off Vandy. You right, know? exactly. Against any other real college football team, Tennessee is still getting shit on. This is not a step in the right direction for them. It just shows how bad Vandy is this year and where the, where their problems lay, lie at. But we're not talking about them. We're talking about UT. They suck. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They, yeah, they really do. <laughs> it's, it's bad down there. They've got a lot of stuff they need to – Really get right, especially starting with recruiting. I know you've got a lot to say about that. So we do. That's one of that's one of the things you're going to talk about yeah. later on. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the UT Vandy game. Listen, Vandy's not an SEC team, and I don't think there's a person in the SEC that understands why they're in the SEC. Uh, I get it's kind of like they just came in it from the like their grandfathered in. I get it. You know, um, it wasn't a step in the right. It wasn't a step in the right direction. It wasn't. I. I and, and the reason I say that is, is because even though the score was like forty-five, ten, or seventeen, or something like that, it was a decent margin in, in you know the Volunteers' favor. What we saw was a horrible management of quarterbacks, and we saw horrible coaching. That play calling was sporadic. You could call random ass play. You could pull a playbook here from Xbox One Madden 21 or whatever and like the New England Patriots playbook and you would have done fine against yep. Vandy because it's basically it's playing against a D2 school. Yep. Let's be honest. And I'm not trying to shit on the guys over there in Nashville. We love you Nashville whatever but it's just not the same. And it's not SEC level of play. It was a bloodbath watching that game. I can't, it, it literally sucked to get through the eight minutes of highlight film right? because of how shit that game is yeah, just exactly. on fundamentals. No. It's hard to watch. <laughs> no, it was it was a horrible representation of what I think the UT coaching staff could be. Uh, we saw Jeremy Pruitt, I think, in that game, again, show his colors like he has this season. And I think everybody last season was a little bit more on his uh, kin side. And everyone was thinking, you know, maybe this guy could get it done. But it, it's becoming more and more apparent now that we're watching it happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vandy just wasn't a showcase. It was not a good showcase on the coaching abilities of anybody on Tennessee's side of the ball, regardless of if they're a coordinator, if they're a wide receiver coach, DB coach, whatever. Head coach Jeremy Pruitt, I think, has showed again that this is not his – it's just not. It's, it's not his cup of tea. I'm sorry. Uh, and – Yes, it's Vandy. Yes, we beat the brakes off of them. We would have beaten the brakes off of Vandy if I was out there a head coach. Yep. It's just, it's just because it's Vandy, you know. And there's such a difference in talent from the two teams. But one thing that, you know, we're also going to talk about is a quarterback situation here in just a second. But to kind of transition into that, you have Harrison Bailey, who is a top recruit. We know this. Okay, we, we beat the absolute fucking brakes off of that. We, we have beaten this like it's a dead horse. And... Harrison Bailey's a top recruit. We know that. Yep. Right? JT Shrout has got good potential. He's got a cannon. Solid. That dude is solid. He's got a cannon. You've also got Brian Maurer, who is 90% likely to enter the transport portal. So we're talking him and with a little, we're taking that with a little bit of grain of salt right now because 
you know, he's just very questionable, and we're not going to put time towards somebody who has pretty much come out and said, I'm entering the transfer portal. And I expect that pretty much any t- any day now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we played Harrison Bailey and JT Shrout, and it was okay. But we pulled Harrison Bailey out, and he went 7-for-7 seven seven for like 60, 70 yards Their final and a touchdown. Numbers, I actually have it right here. Harrison Bailey ended up going 14-of-18 for 200 yards and two TDs. And JT went 6 to 13 for 90 yards, two TDs, and one interception. So, exactly. That's that's not bad, right? I mean, Harrison Bailey was taking – they want him to take conservative play calls, and I get that. They're, they're not wanting him to really – they're wanting to put him in, in the best place that he can to succeed, and I get that. But they pulled him. I, I And I, I understand under certain circumstances you would, but you pull Harrison Bailey when he's doing well, you have to put him in certain game management situations because there's some things you just can't learn in practice, like two-minute drills. Granted, Bandy's <laughs> defense is not anything to be like compared to any other place in the SEC. They're worse than Tennessee's, and they're that's saying yeah. something. Yes, they're 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 not. But in that case, you're still able to get him some experience in certain game situations, like okay, two-minute drills. We're inside the forty. You know, we're got third and thirteen or third and fifteen, maybe even third and twenty. Uh, what are we going to do second and five? Types of situations that they're going to want him to see game repetitions in. And they pulled him after one drive. And they said, okay, we're going to we're gonna go ahead and go to JT Shroud, which I get in a certain to a certain extent because JT Shroud is good. He's going to be somebody that, if we're, if we're assuming next year that everything goes as planned, like we're talking about, Harrison Bailey is probably going to be the starter. For sure. Next year. If and it's not, it's, rightfully so. Something's going, going wrong. For me, I still need to see more from – both of them to call them the future of Tennessee because yeah they both played fairly well Harrison Bailey had better numbers in my opinion but that's against a weak ass Vandy secondary a weak ass Vandy pass rush so let's see him do it against a couple more experienced SEC teams even Missouri you know someone like that you know let them they need more experience both of them do right. before you can call either one of them the future I think they both have a hell of potential though I agree. Which one would you take to go farther? If 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 like I think our next game's A and M. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. A and M. We'll we'll just go ahead and say for the rip it's A and M because COVID scheduling is threw everything off. Yeah. If Tennessee's next game is Texas A and M, I'm starting Harrison Bailey and I'm playing him the entire game. Yep. And I think that if you play him against Texas A and M, are we going to win? Probably not. But it's going to show him what a real SEC defense looks like. It's going to give him time to react to those defenses. Um, yeah, I think Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken, last week the last or the last time they played, their defense actually had some decent numbers, mm-hmm. a lot better, a hell of a lot better than Vandy's numbers. So if he can get put up against a decent a decent defense, then we're actually looking at okay, going into 2021, what can we do whenever we open up now against? As a sophomore, he has more experience under his yes. belt. He at least has something, which, I mean, a lot of freshman quarterbacks can't say because there's always the upperclassmen. And in college, I still see it as a lot of times that older guy is going to get the starting job. You see it, you saw it at Tennessee with JT or uh, JG, uh, yeah. Jared Garantano, which I don't even want to get started on him. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know? I feel. I feel. And and before, I don't mean to interrupt you, so forgive me, but, no, b- but before we go anymore, if we do talk about JG, we're not trying to shit on JG. We're just we're just not, and we've we've had discussions in our little hour and a half tiff where we actually tried to do this podcast before. We were we were talking about JG, and we were giving him props. Like the guy has grit. The guy's a tough ass quarterback. I've never seen somebody in in UT's history that I've been alive that's been able to take that many hits and get up and get up and say, okay, I'm ready to throw the next play. Does he always execute? No. 
and he's proven that he's not consistent enough to be a starting quarterback for Tennessee. However, I do give him props of being a tough, tough quarterback. Did you see him being in the league as a Taysom Hill type player? I don't think he's – okay, if you look at Taysom Hill, we're doing a crossover here at the NFL. If you look at Taysom Hill, uh, he is he is a one-of-a-kind, a once-in-a-lifetime acrobatic mm-hmm. athlete you don't that get can play day. multiple positions of the ball. He, that type of player is not in every draft. No, no. And we, we, see, we see more of it now with, like, even in college and NFL, both it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. We see halfbacks being able to – uh, take in the slot. Yep. You know, they're able to run routes and they're able to catch well. Yep. And where they're also able to, like, you know, we see hybrid backs who are able to take it outside the tackles like a Derrick Henry. And then we have guys that can be able to take it inside the tackles and actually put their head down. Uh, or I got that, ba- I got that mixed up, didn't I? Derrick Henry, yeah. We have, we have guys that can take the ball outside, yep. like, uh, you know, Clyde Edwards Lair or something like that. And we have guys that could just run the fuck over people like Derrick Henry. And we start to see that, but also what's becoming more and more prominent now is we see running backs that can play both wide receiver and running back, and they can also block, and they can power run. Yeah. They can, you know, so it they can be out pit, outside pitch guys. <clears throat> Players are evolving for sure. Exactly. So I don't necessarily see him as anywhere close to Taysom Hill's, uh, you know, stature. Yeah. But I do see him being an athlete that if he were to transfer, he could have some success somewhere else. Where to an offense that caters. To Excuse me. Towards that, he has another year el- eligibility. So yeah, exactly. He's a he's a fifth year, but this year is is being is being overruled because COVID, which I understand. And I, I'm 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 not a huge fan of the NCAA's procedures on a lot of stuff. But that was nice that they gave this year like a pass. You just kind of you know it doesn't count towards eligibility. I'm I'm glad that's that's a thing. Yeah. But so you you agree you're not going to see JG start next year. You think it's going to be Harrison Bailey or JT Stroud? If I see him on the field, I'm not watching. Just because of the the shit show it's been for the past, I've seen enough. I've seen enough games. I've seen over thirty games with him at quarterback, right. or even forty. You know, he's not the answer. <laughs> he plays good at times. He he's a. I, I've I've already told you this privately. He's a hell of an athlete. Yes, but agreed. a terrible quarterback. Agreed. You know. Agreed. You just the. It's like he plays the game in slow motion. You know, his reads are off. His timing is terrible. He doesn't know how to see pressure. You know, right. he's just at that point, he's just not the answer. But you know, Tennessee stuck with him, and they're paying the price for it. You know, now. I feel that. I feel that. And, J- and Jeremy Gar- uh, Jeremy Garantano, Jeremy Pruitt, all these Jays, dude, are throwing me off. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt's got some explaining to do. And while we're talking about the uh, current players at UT, one thing I also wanted to hit on here is the UT recruitment crumble Ooh. that we are watching here uh, unfold. We've lost a lot of three and four star athletes in the past week. Too many. Too many, and it's been four-star athletes in the past week. Too many. Too many, and it's been like that all season. We see a lot of decommits. We see a lot of people who we were in their top five. They decided to steer away Would from Would you UT. want to go to Tennessee right now? No. Exactly. No. And, and I feel it's, for them. Right. You know? I, I do, too. I mean, there's there's no glitz and glamour right now that's involved. If you could go to, uh, you know, a Nick Saban school, if you could go to any, like, any sort of Power 5 school, these players are going to these teams for two reasons. It's either the level of play of the players or the level of play by the coaches. Right. You And Tennessee has neither. So they know that they're going to go there and it's going to be a shit fest for four years because there is no future being built there. No real right. future. And 
you know that I think that the recruitment starts with the quarterback position, which Tennessee is like they just don't know how to do it. Right. You know, we had an opportunity at drafting Trevor Lawrence, or not drafting, uh, recruiting him, and where's he at now? Clemson winning national titles. So, <laughs> right. Flop. Know. And who do we have? Jared Garrett's on. <laughs> Again, not shitting it on shows- you, JG, but – you're not Trevor Lawrence, no yeah. offense. I mean that that guy's a special kid, and he was he was recruited by Butch Jones, and Butch Jones flopped that, so we can't necessarily put that. You know all what on. they told him, right? In, no. in Knoxville, <clears throat> you don't fit our program. To Trevor Lawrence, right in his eyes. Yeah, I swear. Oh to my God, yeah. that's real. Yeah, that's real. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the first time I've heard this, and this yep. is making me sick to it my goddamn absolutely stomach. Absolutely insane. I heard that about a year ago, and it absolutely bothered my mind. What well, he's he's a. We we looked up his stats, ladies and gentlemen, the other day, and I did not realize how tall this man is. He's six six. Yep, two forty, two thirty. Yep, two thirty. That's a holy shit. That is a huge ass quarterback. We're talking bigger than Big Ben number. Big Ben's probably pressing three hundred fifty now. God bless him. But like you see all these quarterbacks in the NFL, what you know, if you're not that mobile. You got to be tall, yep. and Trevor Lawrence is both. That's the problem. I mean, he's six six. He he's not the fastest guy out there, but, but he's he elusive. Can he can move. He can move, and he knows how to sense pressure. Knows how to get out of the pocket. He's a once in a generation talent yes. for a, a, a college, wherever he went. There's not going to be a, a guy in the next ten to twenty years who's going to come close to Trevor Lawrence's stature at Clemson. I don't think. Granted, I could be wrong, you know, but we were talking about the other day about Cam Newton and, yeah. and Auburn. It's just like, oh, he was a backup. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. These players are coming in every single day, and they're always getting better, and they're always evolving. Another missed opportunity by UT. Yep, and it's a damn shame. I, I don't. I, and back to what you were saying about, I don't think if I'm a D1 athlete, like let's say I'm a four-star wide receiver, mm-hmm. I'm gonna want to go to a program that wins. Yep. You want to go to a program that wins, don't if you? If you're a four-star wide receiver you're, right now and this time, you're going to Alabama. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're, look at Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, both supposed to be first-round picks coming into the, this year's draft. Who they both play for? Alabama. And Jalen Waddles just—he has a season-ending injury this year. He got against Tennessee, and right. he's still projected to be a first-round pick, which is insane. Alabama That's will develop a wide receiver. Yes. So, you know, you're you're, you're looking at teams like that. Yeah. You're looking at LSU. You know, you're looking at Georgia. You're looking at these big SEC teams. You're also looking at a lot of other Power Five schools, which there's too many to mention across the country that are better than the University of Tennessee on paper. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think? Tennessee would have to do, and I'm not talking just Jeremy Pruitt, assuming that somehow in two years he's the coach, but in, in the next year or two, what do you think from top to bottom, including Phil Fulmer, Jeremy Pruitt, offensive coordinator, everybody on the squad that's associated with football, what do you what do you think Tennessee has to do to make Tennessee a glamour a, a glamorous place to come? I don't think you need a full clean out. I don't think that's necessary. Defense, if I'm Tennessee the whole defensive coaching staff needs to go, needs to pack up their bags and leave. That was still an atrocity against Vanderbilt. Agreed. It was weak. We just looked lazy, and it looks like we don't want to be out there. That's and what then, we look like. And honestly, in all, to me, that looks like in all parts of the ball mm-hmm. on both sides. Yeah. it's There's a lot of – honestly, there's not one set thing that Tennessee needs to do. They need to just start – they need to stick a building plan and stick with it. Or get get a coach that you like and stick with him and give him time to build around your program, because dealing with dealing with Tennessee, you know you get these coaches in for three years, but at Tennessee all these coaches they always have that fear of well I could lose my job if I keep losing, you know. Right. So there's not right. one set thing that they need to do, 
And they also, like I said, you got to bring in a quarterback. Harrison Bailey could be the answer, but if he's not, it's it's time. Right. We need a Peyton Manning. We haven't had a top-notch quarterback since early 2000s, Peyton Manning. You Agreed. Know? So, Agreed. <clears throat> do you guys think that Pruitt is on the hot seat right now, and do you think there are any new coaches that might be picked out? Pruitt has been on the hot seat pretty much yes, <laughs> ever since he got in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I've well, well I, I disagree with you on that. I think that a year ago, we probably thought that Jeremy Pruitt had a chance. I, I Let me correct myself. Out of that six-game six six stretch right. at the end of the season, I thought, even me, you know, whenever even whenever we started 2-0 this season, after we were coming off that huge stretch last season, I was like, wow, maybe they finally got their shit together. Right. And then after that, we get Cade Waltz by Florida, Georgia, you know. It shows where Tennessee has always been, you know. I don't know. I, I, I get that. Yeah. I get that. So who's your guys' picks for UT coach? How about you, man? I know you had some NFL guys that you were looking at, too. I was, I read a lot about Bo Davis, right. the line coach out of Detroit. Um, that's probably my top pick. I don't. I know you had you mentioned another guy to me earlier. Hugh Freeze. Um, yeah, Hugh Freeze. And, and I'm not necessarily sold on Hugh Freeze, but mm-hmm. I know that that's what a lot of people are saying. You know, Hugh Freeze would be a good fit here, and I'm not 100% sold on that. It's going to take a really good coach who knows what they're doing. So, I mean, but it's very hard to get a, a Saban or a Belichick or literally right. one of those guys who you can depend on the coaching. You don't have to depend as hard on the players because you you have, you have to have that fear of getting outcoached right. and not necessarily outplayed right. as well. But now, Tennessee also, doesn't have that. Right. And I also want to add this, too. Uh, everyone was talking about how in this season coaches were kind of – given a fail safe and they were kind of exempt from termination holy shit were we wrong mm-hmm. there are a lot of coaches who have gotten the can including none other than will muschamp yep he got the can and he deserved it he deserved it and i'm not saying that he's a bad coach because he's gonna he's gonna probably go down as a top 10 sec coach of all time when it's all said and done but will muschamp had winning seasons this motherfucker was actually winning games before this season, right? Do you think he could do something in Tennessee? No, no. I think he's done. Yeah. I, I think I think once you get in that SEC platform and you start to like slack off a little bit, I think it it kind of puts a denotation on your resume and says if okay, this guy can't win the SEC yep. at that program. And I'm not saying that that was a South Carolina's never been. They've had good ass teams, right? They've had great teams. Been good enough to beat Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. They've had some good teams. They've had top 10 teams before, but I'm saying in retrospect with South Carolina, it wasn't like we weren't seeing uh, like Florida. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't seeing and like like I'm talking even Urban Meyer up in uh, Ohio State. You know, we weren't seeing a lot of those numbers from him, mm-hmm. but he was still a winning coach. He he had a good, I mean, he was reputable throughout the SEC and they canned him this season. Because South Carolina, I, did they can him with a with a winning record? Um, or was he was he losing at the time? I know that he was. I know that they were really starting to talk about him in the hot seat whenever they lost to Tennessee. But I didn't really follow too much on him after that, so I couldn't tell you. No one is safe, folks. That's the catch. No one is safe here in the SEC. Absolutely nobody. So you know, you were talking about uh, what? I'm sorry, you said he was the O line coach. Uh, defensive line coach or defensive Detroit, line coach Bo Detroit? Davis. Yeah. Let's let's just assume that Bo Davis or let's say Hugh Freeze, just for the sake of pop talk, right? Let's say either one of those coaches get in. What do you want to see first thing? Like first day, what do you want to see the turnaround objectives be? We need to, Tennessee needs to get out of that. I don't know what it is. Every coach that comes to UT, they feel like we have to run it on first through third down. 
and it's one of my biggest pet peeves. No matter what coaches, even under Butch Jones, we can we could talk about it. Tennessee has a problem with they run it too much. You know, Tennessee they they don't have a good passing attack. Right. You know, and but you can't say that they don't have good wide receivers. Right. Because in 2016, that wide receivers were winning games for us and for exactly. in Georgia. Exactly. So and you can't say that they're not top notch now. I don't know his name, but number one for UT looked pretty good in that Vandy film. You know, and he's looked pretty good all season. You know? Hyatt. Is that uh, how you pronounce his name? Maybe. I know he, he took Quez's number, but I think, I think Hyatt's eleven. If I'm, I, we're Maybe. sorry guys, don't we don't know. actually have the yeah. stats here. We're we're very new at this. We've been doing this for a solid twenty minutes, <laughs> so bear with us. But Hyatt is fast as I'm hell. telling you, I'm telling you, he is a deep threat times ten. Yep. And I, w- I would like to see him, you know, get a couple of shots in the midfield and closer towards the line of scrimmage as well to see what he could do with with guys around him. Mm-hmm. But he's a barn burner. I mean, he is fast. I mean, Tennessee has targets. Granted, they don't have the Marquez Callaways and the, you know, Jawan Jennings and everybody like that that they've had in the past five to eight years, right? And, you know, you could probably include Justin Hunter in there, too. He was terrific. But, uh. Jawan Jennings. Can we talk about that? Jawan Jennings. He was Jennings? also there, too. Hey, that's why I mentioned Jawan Jennings. Nine years. Well, yeah, literally nine years. I, I literally, it was almost like the Rodriguez guy for Georgia. I'm you, he <laughs> was like, there every year. <laughs> it's like, Jesus, you've been here since 08, dude. And, uh, you know, he finally, I think. He's a four-year wide receiver. Yeah, literally. But he, he, you know, we're talking about the wide receivers here. They have targets. I think if, let's say, Hugh Freeze comes. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he's the best. But just for hypothetical, if Hugh Freeze Freeze comes, you're going to want to have wide receivers that you can build around Harrison Bailey. I'm not saying Harrison Bailey's the sole ticket out of this dark dungeon that Tennessee's been locked in for 10 years. I'm not putting that on a freshman quarterback, especially someone who's seen, what, three games now total? Yeah. Something like something that. Like that. <laughs> Where, and it's not even full game time. Like, he's not even playing the whole damn it's game. drives. Exactly. It's, it's drives and certain possessions. Po- certain possessions or whatever. I'm not saying that. But he's got the potential. So, like, if we can actually get him to that level of elite, I think it would be a decent – I think it'd be decent. I, I think I think we can build around that. He's going to have to contend at least. Yes, he's going to have what we used to be. He's going to have to put wide receivers in there. He's going to have to put targets for Harrison Miller to throw to. Because if we right now, kept building off of what we had in 2016, look at where we would be right now. We looked good. We weren't playoff ready, but if we would have built off that instead of completely restarting, because now we're back to we're worse than what we were in 2016. If we would have kept building with that. What we had, yeah, Josh Dobbs was leaving. All these players were leaving, but, like, AK was leaving. But it was something to build off of. We were having winning seasons, and now we're getting shit on by all of our SEC opponents who once they used to fear us. You know, Tennessee football was something to be reckoned with, and now it's just Tennessee is on the schedule. It's like, well, that's a win. That's what we need to get out of. At least let teams fear us a little bit, (laughs) you know. I got you. And, uh. I mean, we're kind of on the topic now. Do you ever see Tennessee being what they were in the late 90s, early 2000s? Do you ever see them being a contender on the gridiron again, at least in the near future? It starts with the recruitment. You know, it starts with your future. You know, Harrison Bailey, I really hope you're something. <laughs> right? I think everybody in Knoxville I really hope does. you're something. Right. You know, but we got Eric Gray running that thing for us now. He's going to be something. Eric Gray's a stud. He came out against Vandy last year and balled out. He had over 200 yards rushing, I think, in that game or something Wasn't like that. Wasn't the first play he had a big, like, I'm almost 90-something yard run? He's so elusive. It's insane. He looks like a mini Alvin Kamara. 
you know. Yeah, he does. So we keep building around that. We need we need to clean out our defensive coaching staff. It's time, you know. I don't. I mean, offense needs a little less work, but a lot of work too. You know, we just have a lot to do. It won't be done in a year. It won't be done in three years. You know, I, five years maybe. You know, but it's too early to tell. At I this point. I think that you know the story for Tennessee, like it's just a broken fucking record it's like we're missing opportunities because if you look at the coaching staff right now for tennessee on paper it looks stacked it does we got a lot of vfls in there who who supposedly care about the program right we got a we got a coach who has a decent resume which jeremy pruitt does have a decent resume i'm not talking about in college but before he took the ut job he did have a decent resume and people were kind of on the fence but as soon as we started to see him progress a little bit in those early seasons we're like okay maybe this guy Maybe this guy can get somewhere. Now, I'm not saying that he is going to go somewhere, but again, you got to look at the players we've had since Jeremy Pruitt was here. Okay, you got to look at the records we've had also since Jeremy Pruitt was here. It doesn't match up. The coaching doesn't match up. There were stacked players and stacked coaching staff all along that line, and it still didn't. It, it just, we just didn't execute. There's something going on. You can any any person who watches Tennessee football can be behind me on this. Looking at our roster before our first game this season, every single person who watches Tennessee football thought we would be something, something at least this season. Right. You know, with with all that, with our roster that we had, and then we start 2-0, we look up, and then we just completely shit the bed. Right. It's That has a lot to do with coaching, you know? Agreed, yeah. But then again, it also has a lot to do with watching Tennessee's players. They don't. They look like they would rather be somewhere else. It looks like the you locker know? room presence of, like, a strip club at noon. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it just, it's, it's shit. It, it's shit. No one wants to be there, but they're kind of hanging around, saying, like, maybe something good will turn up. But in the end, it's noon at a strip club in Knoxville. Yeah. There's not going to be a good pair. And that's not good advertisement for players who are no. committed to Tennessee, which is why we're having so many decommitments. It's because we look lazy. We look like we look tired. We at least don't look like we want to fight. Right. You know, there is no fight in Tennessee right now. It's it's definitely it's rough down there right now. <laughs> it is. I think Tennessee has kind of given up on this season, and I hope for the players' sake that next season we're going to have a different turnaround. We're going to have a different just just all overall aura in the locker room and the team's going to act a little better on the field and I hope that the coaching staff can kind of get a hold of their players too because it is the coach's job to get a hold of their players it's time it's time there's, but there's we can no only more time hope. for bullshit you know you can only hope if not move them out of Knoxville <laughs> <laughs> move them out of Knoxville heard it from Derek Music guys we're going to take a quick break and we're going to let you guys hear from our wonderful sponsors here thanks so much for tuning in we will be right back do not touch that button we'll see you back here in a few minutes What's going on, Two Dudes Mafia? I got to take a second to talk about somebody uh, who has helped me out greatly in the past little bit. If you know anything about me aside from podcasts and sports talk and me from social media and everything like that, I love angling. I love fishing. I've had a fishing rod in my hand since the day I was able to pick one up. And uh, with all those years of fishing, being out on the water and just being around tackle suppliers, I'll tell you right now, I've had some great experiences with tackle suppliers and I've had some horrible experiences with tackle suppliers let me tell you about the best experience i've ever had and it's over there at big fish outfitters in lenore city guys these guys are legit every time i go in they always have knowledgeable staff that are able to help me out they also have a very 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 large selection of tackle of rods and reels of baits and they have a great selection of live baits as well anything you could think of they probably have it at some point in time in their holding tanks and i've actually been in the back and seen their holding tanks 
guys, they go the absolute extra mile. Make sure that your bait stays alive longer and you get to go out there and catch more fish. So, like I said, guys, these guys are awesome. They have the product in store, they have the knowledge in store, and they can also uh, put you in the right direction out there on the water so that way you don't look like an idiot when you're out there fishing like I do sometimes. But anyway, for real, go give them a call. You can visit their website and you can go visit them in store. Uh, their phone number is 865-224-2225. That's 865-224-2225. Uh, and you can find them out there on Highway 321 North at 12329 Highway 321 North over there in the North City that is on the right, right before the cutoff you take to go to the Melton Hill Dam. And right now I think they're open uh, six to eight. I think that's their winter hours. And uh, you can also visit them online at bigfishoutfitter.net. I wouldn't be plugging these guys if I didn't really think this about them. They are amazing. So go give them a call, go give them a visit, and visit their website. You got the deets. You know where to go. Now back to the action. Welcome back to the Two Dude Sports podcast here. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties in the first one, so we noticed that there was some background noise there. We apologize. <laughs> We're definitely not trying to have... Uh, all that background noise. But granted, this is our first time doing this, so yep. bear with us. Bear with us hardcore. We're learning. And uh, thank you so much for joining us back here for part two. NFL time, dude. Let's go. NFL time, dude. I think I think we're both more uh, versed here in the NFL, especially you. Yep. I feel like the NFL is definitely more your strong suit, so I'm excited to get... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, he cracked My open fault. another beer. We're drinking out Tecate. Can't beat it. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> I, I got I got turned on to Tecate when we went to Mexico. That was dope. Yeah, Mexico's dope. If you if you've never been to Mexico, they're like a borderline third world country. But if you go to the nicer places, it's sick. I've heard all. The, I've never heard a bad alcohol story in Mexico. No. So no, that's the main reason why we'd be going anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like, so. like Mexico is a place where you can go to get drunk yep. for nothing, pennies and on the dollar, party and party. <clears throat> So real quick, we'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and tell a story too while we're transitioning here to the NFL side. We went on a cruise back before Corona really hit. We didn't really know exactly what was going on in the Corona world that we now know, you know, as it is today. But we decided to take a cruise. I went with my girlfriend and her company, and it was an amazing time. Uh, we went to I think it was the Yucatan and Cozumel, and it was cool. There were some things I would have done differently next time, like take okay, just advice for anybody who gambles, and you're 18, so you can mm -hmm. gamble on these cruises because uh, you got to be 18 over yep. like open waters. When you go, you better have $5,000 to bust a brick on because I went with like 1200 thinking that I could play big with these big poker players. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with them. Yeah. I ended up playing blackjack for the most, most of it and some slots, which was okay, you know, but definitely when you're gambling on these casinos, you're getting a lot of snowbirds who are old white people who have shit loads of money. Yep. So and you just got to know be what prepared. they're doing too. And then what they're doing. Also, a Bud Light on that boat is like ten dollars. Yeah. So you have to get if if you go on a cruise, get the drink package to where you can have sodas for caffeine, and you can also have uh, beer and Water's alcohol free, package. I'm guessing for sure. Water and juice is complimentary. Like you can go to the you can go to the bars. I, I don't know a cruise ship that doesn't have an open bar for juice and whatever. So you can get like lemonade, pineapple, orange juice, whatever the hell. It's really good. And then uh, you can the sodas are charged. So, like, if you go in a restaurant, you have to pay for the sodas, even if it's complimentary. Yeah, they give you, like, a dining time. Like, ours was, like, 6.15, but we always did the buffet because we were just doing shit. <laughs> Bless you. Thank, Thank you. you for not doing that in my ear. <laughs> I was trying, I was <laughs> trying good. not to. But, like, we did, uh, we did that, 
and we didn't do the drink package, and we didn't do the um, fucked up. Yeah, we, no, we, we we fucked up. I didn't I didn't take enough money to gamble because I thought I was going to be playing with some cruise ship gambler. Because I used to go to Harris all the time, yeah. and and I would do well at Harris playing cards and whatever. But like uh, you know, playing playing Texas Hold'em No Limit on a cruise ship is the exact same thing as playing Texas Hold'em No Limit at Harris. You have to have you're you have to be willing to bet five hundred dollars a hand. Yeah, and I just wasn't willing to do that. So I, I I'm good at poker, but yeah, if you go if you go to Mexico, they they literally from the moment you step off the ship or the plane or whatever, they are literally force feeding you tequila. Like it is it is literally, like we got off the boat and Cozumel was where we stopped first. Yeah, and we were going through all these kiosks and stuff like that, and they were just handing me bottles of tequila. Just like try this, try this, and it was like good. Te- I'm not a tequila guy. Uh, shout out to Number Juan Tequila, uh, my favorite comedian of all time. Ron White owns that, and I saw some of his down there. It, it I think, it's made in Guadalajara or something like that. Like it's made in Mexico, and it is good as tequila. I've heard that you can't, you just, you can't be authentic Mexican tequila. No, no. Now I, I speak some Spanish. Like I'm, I'm pretty conversational, mm-hmm. and I forget what it's called, but it's the worm. There's a good high quality tequila has a mealworm at the bottom, mm-hmm. and and that's a good like indicator of how. Uh, again, I'm not well versed in stuff like this because tequila is not my strong suit. I'm a Scotch guy and I'm a beer guy. And I'm I'm American, I'm American drinks type guy. But when you go to Mexico, motherfucker, half those bottles have that little have that little worm inside of it. Really? And they have they have a name for it, but I don't. They have a name for it, but I don't know what's called. I opened up my tequila and there's a fucking worm in it. <laughs> That's how you know it's good, though. Oh. Apparently that worm will get you fucked up. You're supposed to eat it. Did I eat it? No. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty strange as shit. But, anyway. Uh, off the topic from Mexico now, we're going to go ahead and strain into our NFL topics here. Uh, thank you again for our listeners who have stayed this long and dealt with our bullshit and technical difficulties and background noise and all that kind of stuff. But we're excited It will to, be better. Yes, it will be better. We're excited to improve. We're learning as we go. One of the things I want to talk about here, now you are a Cam Newton diehard fan. and Die I, hard. Die hard. Die hard, brother. And I'm definitely a Cam Newton fan. I'm not on your level. Uh, I enjoy watching him play, and I feel like he's done a lot for the game. Basic question here, can New England build a winning team around an aging Cam? Well, I, I want to hear, because we're going to have different, we've already said before the podcast, we're going to have different views on this, and I'm excited to debate you on this. What do you think is going on right now in New England? <sighs> Bill Belichick right. is the coach of New England, but he is also the GM of New England. What is happening in New England right now is all of his fault. It is all of his fault. The problem with them is they have completely fucked up in their draft picks and their their future. They They have nothing now. They don't have anything. My problem with people <clears throat> wanting to come at Cam Newton – while he's at New England this season, is this. In Carolina, he led a team of, it was a talented roster, right? but it was Ted Ginn and Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. There was no Christian McCaffrey. It was Jonathan Stewart running back. Was Luke Kuechly there at the time? Yes, he was. He was the king of the, he was the Cam Newton of that defense. Right. But with that team, what did he do? He led them to 15-1 and a Super Bowl run. He got beat up by Peyton Manning. A just, very good Peyton Manning yes, was not good. A very good Broncos good. defense. Yes, let me say. 
a prime time Von Miller, you know. I think Akeem Talib was on that team oh, at yeah, the time, right? Yeah, they were prime all on it. Yeah, they, I mean, it was different. But what, with what little he had, look what he did. He had the right. one security blanket in Greg Olson. In New England, he has nothing. And I repeat, nothing. His wide receivers are consist of his top wide receiver right now is Jacoby Myers. It's not even their last year first round pick. And Nikhil Harry, who has been a bust up to this point, is Jacoby Myers, undrafted free agent who was a quarterback in high school and uh, high school and maybe college. Right. I don't know. And then Demir Bird. Yeah. That's nothing. At the tight end position, you have Ryan Izzo and Devin Asiasi. Especially to compete right now with the powerhouses you have. And they're still in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, they probably won't get in, but they're in the hunt. Look what he's doing. Cam Newton, yes, the numbers for passing this year are off, but it's not his fault. He, They have an O-line, but especially he got COVID this season, and I've seen that it does it affects athletes post-recovery. For, sure. post for sure, yeah. Agreed. You, I cannot. No one can ride off Cam until he has weapons. He's thirty-one. He can't be that player that can had could do so much with nothing. I've never seen a player do so much with so little, like Cam Newton can. But now he's thirty-one. He is still a hell of a player. He has eleven rushing touchdowns this season. Give him a Devontae Adams, a Julio Jones, or a, a Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and see what he does with that. Or give him what he knows, a, a good-ass tight end. Give him something in this draft or in free agency next season and see what they can do. I promise you they will be right back up there in the AFC East with Miami and Buffalo, who I think are doing great things right now. <clears throat> Shout-out to Tua. Yep, shout-out shout to Shout-out to Josh Allen. Shout-out to Brian Flores down yes. there in Miami. He's doing it all right. But, yeah, you Cam is aging, but 31 is the prime for quarterbacks you are in the prime for a quarterback give him a give him a weapon next season and watch what happens you followed up on his workouts this offseason just as much as Hell i did yes i did that man was ready to go he was he was fucking ready to run me he has a nothing wall. he's their second leading rusher behind damian harris who i think is a great upcoming back out of alabama and then cam newton that's your running game right there and then he's also being told to pass it to a high school quarterback, maybe a college quarterback, and two no-name wide receivers. Nikhil Harry is not what he was supposed to be being drafted in the first round. Demir Bird is fast, yes, but just not that Tyreek Hill or Julio Jones that you would have on your team, you know, even a Kenny Galladay or someone like that. Right, and and I I, I agree with you in the sense of, like, you have to have weapons to to combat this because the uh, division that they're in – has been ruled by the New England Patriots for the past what years. for twenty years, right? I mean, we we've seen have they been in a very difficult division? No, you know we we've seen a lot of lackluster teams come out of there, but they ruled their division. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and company ruled that division for a long, long time to the point to where a lot of people thought as long as Tom Brady was in New England, it wasn't going to change, and we saw that's exactly what happened yep. until Tom Brady left, and that team kind of you know dissipated into thin air we we really did see exactly that happen for 20 years i now granted i understand cam newton is an athlete first yes. and foremost he is a freak he is a freak athlete and always has been and we saw in college you know regardless of all the trouble he got into in college he still was able to fight his way back and win a heisman which i find 
it's it's incredible that any kid can mm-hmm. do that. Now he's thirty. He's had ten years in the NFL plus. Okay, so he's got the experience. He took a team to the Super Bowl. We saw what he could do with some targets, and I'm not saying that that he isn't that he's not. I'm not saying he's not able to do that again because he probably could. Mm-hmm. Here's the issue I have with this. Bill Belichick was used to Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady was the center of that offense, but in all reality, and, and I'm, I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this, and you're probably going to shit on me too for saying this, Bill Belichick, the only reason that Tom Brady had the success he had was because Bill Belichick catered his entire offensive scheme to that. And I he had... Compl- he had. I completely agree with you on that. He had yep. he had, he had had 100%, for the most part, there were a couple defenses that struggled, but for the most part, he had he had top-end top, top end elite defenses yep. to keep the other team from not scoring. And Tom Brady, in his last couple years at New England, what did we see? We saw screen passes, dump passes, mm-hmm. and some small slants, curl routes. It wasn't like he was getting super technical. And watch, granted, his, watch that defense got worse. How? Watch what happened in Tom Brady's last year in New England. Yeah. You know, Cam had less to work with than Tom did. Cam has worse to work with this year than Tom did. Tom Brady made it to the wild card and lost to the Titans. You know, to a Titans team that, granted, was up and coming, but a lot of people thought that was going to be a New England, oh, yeah. New England steal. Yeah. I thought that was a. I mean, I thought that was their write-off game to get them into the divisional round against Baltimore. Right, which that would have been a, that would have been a game. Yeah, I, I I wanted to see a Tom Brady meet up against a, a young Lamar Jack. Like that mm-hmm. would have been that would have been sick. Yep. But Cam is thirty-one now. Granted, we saw what he was doing in the offseason. He got his body right. He got his mind right. We we, we were talking a while injuries and the team, the locker room aura that we were talking about, kind of like at UT, was the same kind of problem that was plaguing him. In Carolina, we, we saw his demeanor wasn't that good. He didn't have a lot of his teammates behind his back, and it just kind of seemed like he was he, being— He was not humble no. in Carolina until the last few years of his career. Whenever Cam was young, he was very cocky because he was top dog in the NFL. I mean, Agreed. that 2014 season before they went to the Super Bowl. Agreed. Then the 2015 season, what the— Cam was balling out. He looked He's like Lamar and, and Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, now—I mean, he is—Cam Newton, I'm not ready to write him off yet. You, you can't. I'm not ready to write him off. I'm ready to write him off in New England. And let me tell you why. Because Cam, Bill Belichick has a long, long historic relationship, a storied relationship with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And he was able to work with Tom Brady for decades, not a decade, but decades to perfect his craft and to get him to where he needed to be. Now, Tom Brady, no matter what you say about him, he's got stats. We get that. He's going to go down as a goat because of what's on paper. However, Bill Belichick was able to cater to him. I don't think Bill Belichick is willing to cater towards a 31-year-old Cam Newton. And I feel like because he's not necessarily the type of quarterback that New England wants. I don't because it doesn't fit Bill's structure. It doesn't fit his structure. Cam Newton is not a pass-first quarterback. No. He can pass in certain situations. We've we've seen him be effective. But it would he to cater towards Cam Newton would be straining so far out of Bill Belichick's repertoire that I don't think Bill Belichick's willing to gamble on a 31-year-old Cam. Do you think his lack of touchdown passes, because his touchdown-to-interception ratio is, I'm pretty sure, Garbage. 5-10? Yeah. Is is that his fault completely? I think it's Cam Newton trying too hard. I think he's trying too hard to succeed in New England because he kind of has a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he went it's through not the fair. It, no, I'm not saying it's fair, but Grant, there's a lot of players that don't go through fair shit in the NFL because That's the NFL is not fair and hasn't been fair since the 20s yep. or 30s, whenever it was begun. It's probably yep. actually later than that. Yep. But my point is, is Cam Newton wants so bad to be old Cam Newton. 
and he took a lot of abuse in Carolina. Granted, we saw he got his body right for the past two years. We saw those summer videos. Holy hell! I was he ready. was insane. My mic just fell off the stand, y'all. I, I apologize. That is a that is a blooper. I'm sitting here getting excited. He he was balling. He was hype. He was ready to go. And Carolina said, "Do you think that. he's healthy now? Mentally or physically? Physically. I think he's as good as it's going to get." Like I, I like, love that. Like I now, that. now I think it's as good as it's gonna get physically for him because he's thirty-one. You don't get better at thir- at between twenty-eight and thirty, maybe thirty-two. For a lot of quarterbacks, you hit your prime because you've got the experience matched with the physique and your physical ability. However, Cam Newton's peak I think was disrupted. I think if he would have been in the right place at the right time, he could have seen MVP stats. Okay. I we he could have we could have seen Cam. Not only be the best quarterback in the division, we could have seen him being the best quarterback in the in, in the uh, NFC or AFC, whatever team he would have played. Yep. As long as Cam can get targets, like you said, which I agree fully with that. If Cam could get some targets and some actual weapons on that offense, the problem is I don't think Bill Belichick is wanting to build long-term around Cam Newton because Cam Newton does not fit his his repertoire, his play. Where does he go next season? Because they've won too many di- games. Games. the. Blooper, they've won too many games <laughs> to get a low, get a top five quarterback. You know, Matt Jones, even a Matt Jones or uh, uh, Kyle Trask. You know, even they're they're too high to get those guys. Right now, I think they'd be picking at like around fifteen, something like that. You're not getting a top quarterback in that draft. What do you do? Are you going with Jarrett Stidham if you're Bill? No, I think you're gonna have to try to search around. I think I think he's Jimmy gonna... Garoppolo. Really. Do you not? Could you see that? Could you see him going back and reuniting with Bill Belichick? I could see. You know who I could see more so doing well than who? Garoppolo. Who? You're gonna you're gonna shit on me for this? Maybe. Alex Smith. Oh, you think he won't build around a 31 year old, but he'll build around a 35 year old? I'm not saying he's gonna build around. Let me rephrase. I don't think he's gonna build around a 36 year old Alex Smith who has been plagued with injuries, especially in the past years. But shout Almost out to died. Alex Smith. He literally, but shout out to Alex Smith for coming back. He's definitely gonna win player or comeback player oh, yeah. of the year for sure, and that's that's definitely warranted. Deserved. As deserved and warranted. Shout out to Alex. You're the man. Also coming from a diehard KC fan, no hard feelings. You did the best you could in KC, and we appreciate your effort and all those years of hard work. We really do. I think that the closest player right now, besides maybe like an Aaron Rodgers type, to a Tom Brady who is a strict pocket-passing quarterback, you got to look at Alex Smith. And I'm not saying he's the best option, but as far as players that are on their way out. People write him off because he's been out for two years. Before he left, he was still balling out. Him him and Alex Smith were fighting for that one of the top draft spots because they were in the same class. Right. Yeah, back in 05, something like that. 07? Oh, yeah. 05, 07. It's been a while. Brett Favre. Yeah. But I think that, to answer your question, Cam is able. I think he, if he could be put in the right spot at the right time, I think he could be a very valuable quarterback. I'm not saying he's not valuable now. I don't think Bill Belichick's wanting to reconstruct his whole offense towards a 31-year-old. Now, granted, if, if if Cam was 25, 24, and he was balling out like he was, and he just so happened to be on the New England squad, and Tom Brady, in a hypothetical magical world, Tom Brady leaves, and he's able to do all that kind of stuff, I it, it, totally. I think Bill Belichick would be like, hands down, we'll, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. But to fit his scheme that Tom Brady left, which is a strict pocket-passing quarterback with weapons, okay, because Tom Brady had weapons. 
I it's it's gonna be it's gonna be hard. You you also have to you have to bring into consideration Tom Brady had twenty years to learn that offense. Cam Newton had he got signed in late July. They played in September. He had right. a month and a half right. to learn that offense, and that offense has to be completely changed because me and you were talking in private. You can be you can both be quarterbacks, but Cam Newton and Tom Brady completely different players. Completely polar different. opposite. You have to completely change. You have to put the option into your offense whenever Cam Newton's at quarterback. You have to. I don't think Cam Newton is the player anymore who can take the the option seventy yards downfield and score and do a front right. flip into the end zone. Right. But the red zone threat Cam Newton is still there. He has more rushing touchdowns than he did his MVP season this year. Really? I yes. Know he has a ele- He's at eleven. And he still has three more games to play, you know. He, right. I mean, that's insane at 31. So the running part of him is still there, but I feel like he's transitioning into that really power-running quarterback we've never seen before. So who knows what Cam could be. We, we've, that, seen a, we've seen elusive we've, quarterbacks? We've, yes. We've seen power quarterbacks, power-running quarterbacks, but we've never – we've seen Cam Newton, for one. Whenever I think of a power-running quarterback, I think of Cam Newton. Right. But that power threat is going to have to become more of a threat because the elusive Cam Newton who could take that QB read 50 yards downfield, that's all over, you know. <clears throat> I feel so. that. And I agree. But I, how, how, how much do you have to – my fault, guys. My phone's ringing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, how much do you have to reconstruct that offense around? Because you have the elusive back that you had in Chris McCaffrey, Carolina, with James White. Which, you, by the way, Chris McCaffrey is still a stud. Oh, yeah. So that injury, he'll be back. He'll, yeah, he will he'll be, be back. back. He, you have the power running back in Damian Harris that they had in Jonathan Stewart at Carolina. All they need is a receiver and a tight end for that offense to be somewhat of what it was in Carolina. I think the offensive line in New England is better than it was in Carolina with Joe Thurney and David Andrews at center. So you know, bottom line, you think that Carolina, or I'm sorry, New England is literally a tight end and a wide receiver away from, from having a solid team that could defend Not their, their just spot. any tight end or wide receiver. You, it, it's, time for, it's time for Cam Newton to have a real-ass target in his career. He has never had a like the top-notch wide receiver that you hear about with that that Tom Brady had or Aaron Rodgers has and and um I mean Greg Olson's he's going to be a Hall of Famer but he's oh, yeah. he's not he's and not even he wasn't like he wasn't Travis Kelsey no. like his name was up there but he wasn't like George Kittle or Darren Waller or right. Mark Andrews you know So I mean I don't know I feel you I feel you <laughs> And we are back from that short break sorry guys we had to go ahead and cut off to our uh, sponsors and advertisement there. Uh, I mentioned this earlier. I don't know if I mentioned that actually in the first bit of the podcast. I can't remember. Maybe. I don't know. I actually just had my firstborn. Well, I didn't. My girlfriend did. She is awesome. She's a trooper. That was a whole experience in of itself. And uh, man, let me tell you something right now. If you have any sort of like, la- like, like a, I don't know, a slight feeling or like a nonchalant feeling about labor and pregnancy, holy shit. When you see it for the first hand, it is a spectacle. I had no. It was a. It was a tough thing for her to go through, but I'm glad that she was able to get through it, and we have a beautiful baby boy. So, with that being said, he is only two weeks old. So, on occasion, I have to pause and go help out with the baby. So, I hope you guys can understand. Sorry about that uh, abrupt ending there on the last segment. But I got to hear from our sponsors. They're awesome. And now we get back to the action here. We're talking about division favorites. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Okay, so division favorites. I'll jump right into it. We'll talk about the Super Bowl here in a second, and that'll be a different that'll be different of itself. But NFC East, who do you ha. think right now? You got to go with Washington. That defense is if 
if you gave Seattle Washington's defense, holy shit. <laughs> holy shit. They'd be up there with KC. Washington's defense is stats. That whole for, that whole defensive line is first round picks. Literally the first literally that. all the way Chase across Young, the board. Chase Young, a dog. Montez Sweat, a dog. I can't remember the D tackle they have. I, I know his last name's like Allen or something like that. Mm-hmm. A dog. You know, that defense is solid. It's that offense that's scaring me a little bit. The offense out of Washington <laughs> is a little bit scary, but if I've known one thing about defenses, sometimes defenses can prevail. If you can keep your opponent to scoring 10 points, 14 points a game, you have a pretty good shot. You have a pretty good yep. shot because the NFL, it, if you could stop their offense, your offense, as in the offense on your team, is going to take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Especially if you can hold them to that. So I like that pick. I would go along with that. I'm I'm going Washington right now, but okay. it varies every single day. Literally. We're going into week 15. Look at what just happened with Philadelphia and, and the Saints. Right. Jalen Hurts comes in and beats the, what, the, it has to be the number two seed in the NFL behind KC and sure. New Orleans. Sure. You know, they allowed 14 points in five games. Jalen Hurts comes in and upsets them. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Carson Wentz, get ready to pack your bags in Philadelphia. But that's a different story. We'll talk about that another day. But hang on, give me one second. <coughs> Bless you. It's the, you got that cotton mouth, son. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to ride off Dallas in that division. Dallas won this week, but they beat a very – they beat a Joe Burrowless Cincinnati team right. by 11 points. Or, no, it was a blowout. I think it was like 30-something to 7. Right. But – they're just inconsistent, you know. Philadelphia, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know that that division is honestly up for grabs because you got the Giants balling out now after they started out one and seven. One and seven. One and seven. Or one and seven. And now they are up for grabs in their division, which is the NFC least I call it. The NFC but, least. You know, that division is up for grabs. I feel that. A division I want to talk about is the NFC West with Arizona. The Rams and NFC Seattle, best. and the Se- and the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, sir. Who you got? I think at this point it's kind of up for grabs too. Honestly, it's really just a matter of are you taking the Rams' defense or Seattle's offense? I'm taking Seattle's offense. Are you taking D Hop? I'm taking D. <laughs> I, I, well, let me rephrase. Seattle's hmm. here's here's where I'm conflicted. Okay, so Russell Wilson. I like Russell Wilson. Okay, he's a dog. I, I've there there have been times in my career where I've kind of like I haven't necessarily steered away from him, but there have been times where he slacked off a little bit. At this point, after watching him all these years, you have to believe that this guy can come out and compete at any point. He he can be a Super Bowl quarterback. Yep. And I don't think there's anybody who actually has a valid opinion who will tell you otherwise. I mean, the guy's a Super Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He's a trigger happy sometimes. Yes, but he's physical. He's exactly what we were talking about. And he's an outstanding leader, which yes. is what you have to be in the NFL, especially yes. quarterback. For for that reason, because Russell uh, Wilson is on that squad, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Seattle. I, I I really do think so. Yeah, I'm. They have a big game coming up. I think it might be the last week. It's prime time. Yep. Cannot wait to watch that game. It's gonna be a hell of a game. It's basically like I said, Seattle's offense versus the Rams defense. Who wants it more? Who wants that division more? I will say the Rams defense is 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 they're tough as hell too. What I, they I, did to New England. <laughs> granted, that wasn't a hot New England team, but they still held New England to basically nothing. Yeah, when when you're when you have one player on your offense, it's I get it. I feel for New England. I know we're done talking about them, but right. the Rams defense, uh, it was a bloodbath and I mean that's what happens. You know, Cam Newton gets to held the three points. 
I'll tell you. Patriots had, I, I hate to get off topic, the Patriots had four red zone trips in that game, and they had three points to show for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear that one more time. Go ahead and tell, tell it to the good people, Derek. The Patriots had four red zone opportunities in the, in the Rams game. Prime time. And had three points to show for it. Three. Three. Which With a three red zone threat quarterback. Shit. With a red zone threat quarterback. Exactly. That's saying something about the rest of your team. Exactly. I, I wouldn't put it past the Rams. I'm not saying that they can't win the division. I'm not even saying that they can't necessarily make a good playoff run because I was talking about how good a good defense can do. I think that because of the offensive presence that Russell Wilson's been able to use right now in the NFL, I'm saying him right now. Now, granted, it's week 14 or 15. We're going to week 15, right? Going to week 15 now, and we just saw week 14 and everything that concluded. I think that Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks buy a small margin over the Rams, but next week, again, it's too early to start talking about that, but I really do think that it's you know it's it, it could change next week. There's no more room for error. No, in this part of the season, Seattle losing to the Giants. I think it was two weeks ago. That doesn't happen. No, you have to be better. You know, the, and Saints too. If the Rams would have lost to the Patriots, it would have been the same thing. The Patriots are that team that you should be able to beat if you're a, one of the, if you want to be one of those top division leaders. You have to be able to beat those teams. And Seattle slapped off against the Giants, right? For sure. But I've still got Seattle. <laughs> You know, you got Seattle. Jared Goff. I just don't. I think that that was a sad to Rams team when they went to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they can do it anymore. I will say Cam Akers looks good at running back for them. He does. Yeah, he does. He's he, he's one of those court, uh, running backs that like you you watch him in game, and he is he is he hundred percent there yet? No, but it's exactly what we thought with um, uh, Alvin Kamara whenever mm-hmm. he was in the league because yep. he didn't have. I mean, he was doing good, but he was doing like these. He was a juggernaut. Like he could he could go. He was a jack of all trades. He could do it all. It was a lot of receiving plays that he was getting. We didn't really get to see it, him 100% shine his best abilities, and I feel like that's going to be the same with him. So, uh, what do you think about NFC South? I can tell by your face you've got you've, you've got some you got a hot take coming. I, <clears throat> I've, I, Bruce Arians should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> Let okay. me say that. Okay. You've got Tom Brady, which, no, I know we're talking about way too early Super Bowl picks right. in, a, in a little bit, but when you have that many players, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike falling off the stand. Sorry, guys. Blooper number 72 yeah. for this podcast. Welcome to Two Dudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you have all of that, and you're still, what, seven and five? Seven to five, or they might have they may have eight wins now. Yeah, that's shit. That is terrible. You've got Gronk, Brady, Godwin, Evans. Oh, you just added Antonio Brown in the backfield. You got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, tight end. You've got Cameron Bray. I already said Gronk, and then whenever and whenever he's healthy, OJ Howard. Right. That defense surprised me. They're shit. Now, now but, I, I, I will say this about uh, Tampa Bay is when you look at the players that are on their offense, aside from a couple, 
We're looking at players who are nearing retirement. Like, they are kissing the retirement wall right Mm -hmm. now. Uh, Gronk basically retired, and Tom Brady offered him a fucking check, basically, to come back, right? Because Gronk wasn't going to come back for anybody else. If it was Josh Allen, if it was Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't doesn't matter. It had to be his best friend. It had to be his best friend, and not only that, but it had to be someone who has thrown him, basically, into the Hall of Fame, okay? If, If we're being honest. Now, I'm not saying that Gronk wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame if it was for anybody else, but the way that their offense stacked up gave him and Tom Brady that special relationship yep. that's never going to go away. So I feel like Tom Brady basically was like, hey, listen, I'm willing to take a pay cut or I'm willing to give you some 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 money or the team's willing to do sacrifice, whatever. Sacrifices were made to get him to come back because he was like, you're too good to not be playing right now on my team. I will say he looks rusty, Gronk did in the first couple of weeks, but he really has... He's not at the Gronk level that he used no. to be, but he does look. He's starting to look better. It's he, start, he looks, he's starting to get back into it. He looks like a seasoned uh, tight end mm-hmm. that has been able to, you know, he's had tons of success in his career. But he seems like right now, he seems like a seasoned tight end who's out there and having fun, you know? Now, granted, they're not having the like the best winning percentage that they probably imagined 15 weeks ago or 18 weeks ago in preseason, but... I think he's having a little bit more fun now than he had at the end over there in New England. Am I am I am I wrong? Oh, yeah. no. I, I think I think he's having I think he's having more fun, and we're able to see like you can still see flashes of his technicality, his footwork, um, his fundamentals. Like he still has that. That's not going to go away. It also looks like he's kind of playing backyard football. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. It, it literally he's literally looks laughing like, during plays and shit. Exactly because he knows he's like I've if I'm Gronk and I'm Brady, I have basically cemented myself in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, both of them. What do you have to lose? Losing <laughs> You're sucks. You're literally having fun at that point. Losing sucks. Look at Jacksonville. Look at New York. Look at the Jets. Losing sucks. Those players look like they fucking hate their life. Not one of them wants to go out on that field, and I don't blame them, especially if you're up there in New York after that fiasco that happened. What was it week 13 or 14 yep. with that whole blitzing? An all-out blitz. You're supposed to be in cover four deep, yep. prevent. And they're like, oh, no, game on the line. I'm the defense. The defensive call. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna fucking I saw send that. Everybody. I laughed so hard. One of the probably mm. the worst defensive call I've ever seen. Yeah, and it, that that's a side. It's up there. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's on. It's to me, it's worse than the Seattle Seahawks not giving it to Marshawn Lynch on the on the three yard line. Huh. I forgot about that. Yeah, Marshawn Butler. Didn't. Shout out to you for that INT. But <laughs> yeah, but anyway, re- regardless, I feel like you know they're out there having fun. They could. You know, are are you some, are you basically saying that they have the favorite in that division? No, no. New Orleans, I think it, I think New Orleans wins the division. I don't I don't think anybody else sees it any differently. But New Tampa will be in the playoffs, and they will be a factor. You think they're Just, gonna be a wild card jump? Huh? I think they're they'll be in the wild card. I think they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play a I'm I they're gonna get stuck with the NFC's team. I feel like they're gonna get the easy pass. To be like, all right, here's your ticket to the divisional. Whoever gets that NFC East matchup, that's basically saying, all right, welcome to the divisional right. round. I agree. You know? <clears throat> Especially with seasoned veterans like Gronkowski and, yeah. and Tom Brady and all of them. And you know, I don't, I just don't see them losing to Washington or Philly. But if they have to play like <sighs> the Packers or something like that, I don't know. I think it's game over. I don't know because Packers or the Saints have to have a wild card. Speaking of the Packers, are going to go ahead. Well, did we actually sell the uh, <laughs> NFC divisions? Uh, no, not the North. NFC North, take it away. Who do Packers. you think? Packers. You think so? Packers. Doubt. 
I, I, I don't think anybody sees it differently. And, and I will say Who else would take it? Aaron, right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers is playing arguably the best ball <laughs> of his career. This is Aaron fucking Rodgers. You know why? He said, y'all went out and drafted a quarterback? So you, I, think, you, think, you think it took somebody lighting a fire under his ass to really... Because he has pressure now. Yeah, I think I, there's some dudes who play better with that chip on your shoulder of losing your job. I think Aaron said, wow. He said, I had one last year was, I mean, kind of a slip up here, but I mean, it's still Aaron fucking Rogers. Right. He's like, all right, y'all want to go and draft a quarterback? Um, I'll show you why I'm st- I've am been here for so long. He fought, I mean, he came under Brett Favre's wing, yep. right? He took over for Brett Favre. Who was... The, the Patrick Mahomes of the last decade. Right. Last as far generation. as success goes and talent, yeah. yes. He yeah. he was he was by far the most talented in that decade. I think a lot of people kind of put him up there with Peyton Manning. And shout out to the Knoxville GOAT, Peyton Manning. We love you. We would love yep. to have you on a call in here. That would be, I would literally liquid shit my pants if that <laughs> happened. But you're not going to, Brett Favre, man. I mean, if you're coming from behind, uh, you know, on Brett Favre. It was the way he played. It, he played with. It was like he played with no fundamentals, but he pulled it off. It literally he was like a good old he boy. was out there playing backyard football. And he was good as fuck but at it. But he knew how to do it. He knew how to do it. And he knew how to do it every game. You know what I'm saying? He he was... He, I see a lot of him in Mahomes. Really? Yeah. In the sense of just how... The how no look passes, the little dump passes, like... Crafty. He's just having fun. You just know? having fun with it. But yeah, I've got the Packers for the NFC North. Um, NFC... Well, I think that's all the that's NFC all, teams. That's all the yep, NFC. We've named them. AFC, baby. Oh, Take it away. AFC East. As much as I hate to say it, Buffalo, welcome to the playoffs. Yes, sir. You won the division. Thank you. You won You're the division. on that Buffalo train now. You won the division. I'll give it to you. Campbell will be back next year. Let's see what happens whenever COVID is not around. You you re- and, and again, I think you know COVID does play a part, I think, in something. We're not, just like the virus itself, we've never had something like this come about like we've never had a COVID situation where it's putting a damp on all sports it affects sports in a way that we've never seen before in a little part it, it affects it is so much so little as fans fans matter at away games yes you know look at arrowhead stadium new england almost came into seattle and beat them week two there were no fans in week two there were no fans in that stadium seattle is one of the hardest stadiums to play in you think cam's getting all those audibles off if there's fans in that stadium on that winning drive that he almost made no you know, fans matter at away games. I, I think there'd be a lot of different records this season. I, th- I same thing happened with uh, uh, was it Chiefs in Miami this past? Yeah, yeah, Hard Rock Stadium. That's what I'm saying. That is a that is a damn hard place to play, and there are every single Hall of Fame quarterback. There's fans ever there lived. too, wasn't there? There's a little bit. A little bit. I don't know that there was. It was. It had to be some minimum capacity. Do you think if there's no fans there that KC shits on them? Yes. Yes. Yep. I, I I think that even the little bit of fans over there maybe had an aspect, but I'm just saying, you look at like how hard it's been because statistically, Miami in the past ten to fifteen years hasn't been all that great. No. We've seen spurts where like they have teams like they do now. Shout out to Tua, you know, like we've seen spurts where they have like a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. But in reality, for the past ten to fifteen years, they haven't been a hot spot. They haven't been a hot spot in a while. But their home winning percentage is outstanding because it's so hard to play at Hard Rock Stadium. You made a Miami shout out. I yeah. have to too. I'm shouting out two players and one coach. <clears throat> I already said it to you privately, but Brian Flores. Yes, sir. You know what you're doing down there. Keep it going, bro. You got it going. Jerome Baker on that defense. Exceptional. And then I've also got to point out Devontae Parker. He's had he has rejuvenated himself. 
into a top wide receiver, I think. And then you got Mike Gusecki at quarter at tight end. Well, Mike Gusecki did very upcoming. Yeah. I like he's physical. I liked him in Miami. I thought I thought oh, yeah. when he was in Miami, he he looked like a very very physical, nice prospect that could could really shine. And now I'm glad to see him actually do it. Yeah, in Miami. Yeah, in Miami. That's what I'm saying. Like like whenever I'm talking like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean he was he was balling then. He was putting up stats, but like he is really really coming out. Yeah. I think he could be up there, you know, and then give him a couple years and give him some. He could he could really show himself as long as you craft around to it. And I think Jalen Waddle in Miami is the final piece. And then you start working on that offensive line. I gotcha. Yep. So, talking about, you you still think for the AFC, for the AFC East. I'm going with Buffalo, and then Miami will be in the wild card for sure. Okay. And then <clears throat> AFC North? I want to talk about the AFC North. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you for did. For sure. Okay. Let me just say, Ravens, you're out. Face okay. it. Wow. Okay. Cleveland. My boy Baker, my boy Baker, let me tell you something. Hop you, on the train. You lost last I night. I saved your seat. You lost last night, yes, but you played a hell of a game. That man could not have done anything else last night. Two years ago, Cleveland was shitting on this man. Yep, and now, and now they're going to ride his dick. Sorry to excuse my language, but... Oh, we, we, don't he, worry. It's two dudes, bro. <laughs> he, <laughs> he is playing the best football I've ever seen him play. I agree. Even by, by far. Besides Oklahoma, you know. You four touchdowns against Tennessee in the first half. Come on, come on, come on. Let's playoff team. Let's playoff team. Come on. They they definitely have a caliber. If if they don't win the division, I think they can sneak in. If if Odell comes back for some reason, I think they're gonna go back to shit. I think for some reason, while Odell is on that field, Baker does not play as well. But we were talking about this in private, and and you had mentioned that you think it's part of the mantra that mm-hmm. Odell Beckham has whenever he steps on that field. It's like I should be getting the ball because I'm Odell Beckham. Now, granted, he's bettered himself humbly like and, and he's 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 humbled himself over the past couple of years i think since he left new york it's it's been a change for him because he's had to realize you know granted i'm not with eli anymore you know i i'm not the star-studded player in that division i'm not the best wide receiver yeah, in the league they, even the giants didn't have a jarvis landry no up against them. He, they did have a victor cruz for a little bit for a little bit up in age you know right that, but odell beckham it was, was the, the giants it yeah. was the giants you know and, and eli Exactly. Well, we, we've we've had conversations in private too about about Eli Manning, and you know how I feel about him. Yeah. And all due respect, it's you know he's Eli Manning, and he's going to be the worst quarterback ever to get inducted in the Hall of Fame. But aside from that, Odell Beckham was he was the he was the New York Giants show, and I think it kind of took him some time to mature, some time to get rid of his off-field antics because we all know how that went. You know, in his locker room presence, he's bettered himself. He has, um, but I still think because when he's on that field, and you do too, I think it's it's part of that. I I need the ball because I'm on the field. I need the ball. Just I know I hate to get off topic, but I do want to point this out for all my sports fans. You guys need to agree with me on this. We need to send Odell to New York or not New York, New England. Let's start calling for it now. Really? Him and Cam Newton are best friends for one. Yeah. Off, off the field. Yeah, they are. Off the field. Not only that, they threw all summer together. Did they? Yeah. Actually, yes, because yeah. you showed me videos of this. Yes, 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 yes. Put yes. those two in New England. You've got your star wide receiver, and they're can't, Odell will be thirty or around thirty after he comes back from this injury. Prime, very rough. Shout out to him for getting through all these injuries. Right. But put him and Cam together after they have both come off injury seasons in the past like three years. Oh God. <laughs> 
Oh, God. That's true. I, I agree with you on that. You have to have that to battle with Buffalo now because they have Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and Devin right. Singletary. You know, you can't beat them with Nikhil Harry and Demir Bird. Not going to happen. So you're solidifying Cleveland as the favorites. Uh, Cleveland will be. Cleveland. The NFC North. I'm going with Cleveland. If The only reason Pittsburgh would get it is because they got so many wins from shitty-ass teams. I think Pittsburgh is a bust. They'll be out of the wild card. Really? Yep. Okay, that's a hot take. Yep, unless they get lucky and play a, a bad team or a good team on a bad day. Okay. I just don't think that when they, they played terrible teams, you know, and of course they're going to beat them. You know, they had a few good wins. I mean, they almost lost to the Cowboys. Without, Literally without, the Cowboys. With, with Andy Dalton. Yep, without Dak Prescott. Can I repeat that? <laughs> with Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton. A, a very seasoned Andy Dalton. Yes. God bless Coming him. off a of concussion. Yes. Yes. But AFC North, I like my Cleveland Browns. Cleveland yeah. Browns. Even if they don't win it, I think they're going to make a hell of a playoff run. Baker Mayfield, keep doing what you're doing. Jarvis, you're tough as hell. By the way, also, if you were talking about like wide receiver and targets for Baker Mayfield, holy shit. You have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on the same damn team. Can you literally? Two starting running backs, basically. Two elite. I would go ahead and, as far as say elite running backs because Kareem Hunt, granted, all the off field stuff aside, we're talking about football here, not his, not his personal life. Kareem Hunt looks to me like he could be an elite running back, and so does Nick Chubb. I, I think they are there. Oh, yeah. They're both, and they're. Nick isn't even in his prime yet. No. I would say. Kareem is in his prime, probably. Oh. <sighs> Have you seen it when that man team, catches bro. the ball out they're of the backfield? On the same team. Yes, on the same team, bro. And then, oh no, the the elusive back isn't working. Oh, I've got a wrecking ball in my backfield. Exactly. And Chubb, they have the know. best of both worlds. And they can, they can run an elite quarterback from any formation that they uh-huh. have. They can go single back. They can go, they can go trips wide, shotgun spread. They can have three in the backfield and a shotgun spread, triple shotgun. What the fuck ever. They have Kareem Hunt and Chubb on the same team. Shout out to rookie uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones out of Cleveland. Oh, yeah, looking for sure. Good. He's, he's looking a good. deep threat right there. He's, looking, he's, he's kind of up there with, uh, um, well, no, I take that back. I'm not I'm not going to say that he's up there with some of these elite receivers, but he's definitely a deep threat. I could see him. He's got some wheels. I can bring him up there with Chase Claypool this yeah, season. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yep. I don't. Not I don't ju- think he's not Justin Jefferson or even C.D. Lamb. No, you know? not quite. But he's getting up there and shot. He's a rookie. Yep. I, I'd be. I'd be pleased to see him succeed there. AFC West. <laughs> say it. You know it. Say it. I want. To, I want to hear you say it. Are you ready? Yeah. Chargers. <laughs> I'm just joking. I was like, "Are you kidding me right now?" <laughs> no. Your Chiefs. Had a boy. You know. Thank you. I mean, it's just without a doubt, it'll be the Chiefs' division for. It's going to be a Tom Brady situation. I feel it coming. They've got a dynasty ready in Tyreek and Travis and, and Patrick. But uh, AFC South, my Titans. Fuck Phillip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say it louder. Fuck, Fuck Phillip Rivers. <laughs> I, listen, I, 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 we're pretty much on the same page, give or take one or two, as far as the divisional picks. I, I, I think that my KC Chiefs, do do I call them Super Bowl ready? I I think it's too early, and I think that they're one slip up away because it, it can happen in the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. That we we've seen them play really really good offensive games. Their defense struggles. We know yes, that yes. their defense struggles. They're trying to improve. They're trying to improve, and they're doing what they can with the squad <clears throat> that they have. So last season it was atrocious, and look what they did. Exactly. Oh, they won a Super Bowl. Exactly, <laughs> and they won a Super Bowl off of strict just offensive, just absolute piss. 
poor offense. You just can't no, no, no. Sorry, I, that was poor verbiage. <clears throat> I'm not saying piss poor. I'm saying they were just pissing all everybody. Yeah. They were pouring piss on everybody. Yep. 40, 50 points a game, and if you weren't now, granted, their defense was playing to the point where if you didn't score 35 points a game, you were in trouble. But they were still doing that and some, and they weren't seeming to have all that much trouble with it because of the weapons they have. I don't, I don't see any point in the past 20 years, maybe ever. That we've seen an offensive squad like we do with Kansas City. Never. Nope. Maybe Randy Moss and Tom Brady back in 07. Yeah. But yeah, mm. but but you didn't have. I mean, if we would have had now, now shout out to Clyde because he's great, and shout out to Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell because they're both great. You you have two very good running backs, but I'm saying as far as elite status, you have Tyreek Hill. He's elite. You have Patrick Mahomes, he's elite. You have Sammy Watkins, he's elite. You putting him elite still? Yeah, Sammy Watkins. I think I think I think he's an elite receiver. Okay. I th- I, th- I think that personally he gets undershadowed because of who he's with. Yes. Because you got <clears throat> you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Who, At Buffalo, he was the shit. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he was the shit because he wasn't playing with the Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey all the damn time. You know what I'm saying? It's hard so, to remember that. Exactly. So I think he's still elite. I just think he's not as elite as those wide receivers, and I feel like if. Travis Kelsey wasn't getting 55% of, of, of Patrick Mahomes' balls, it would be a different story. Yeah. But Travis Kelsey's that amazing with what he can do with the ball. You can't not give it to him 55% of the time yeah. because that puts so much strain on your defense. Well, he, not to, I mean, we're not veering off to KC, but he's a, t- he's a wide receiver at tight end. And Literally. not only that, I mean, you've searched this and we shit ourselves. He's 270. Running, I mean, running. He doesn't that. look that big. But he that. is two seventy. Running is, like that. He is two hundred seventy pounds, running a four seven four six forty, and he can run it all day long. He can run it in routes. He can run it in traffic. And mow over can, people. Yes, he can put his head down against people. Yep. That is the scariest. Taking it from somebody who played defense, like in the backfield, some at a linebacker spot. If I see a wide, or I'm sorry, a tight end that can run a four six forty and is six six and two hundred seventy five pounds, I am asking myself to go to the bench. I'm I'm tapping my helmet. I'm saying I can't do this, coach. There's no way I can do this because most offensive outside, or I'm sorry, outside linebackers, they're not going to be able to. No, they, they they can maybe to a some point play zone, but to cover that flat against a guy who's that big, not only does it create problems for that particular region and on that player, that opens up your middle. Yep. That opens up a lot of opportunities You're for guys like Sammy Watkins. Exactly. That opens up a lot of opportunities for Tyreek and Sammy and, and then everybody else. It's great for KC because they were gifted with a mobile quarterback. They're one of the teams in the lead that have one of those mobile quarterbacks. You don't hear about it as much as his throwing, but Patrick Mahomes can run. He won the Tennessee game last year, the the championship, mm-hmm. off of his legs. I agree. He had that huge ass run. It was clutch as hell. What was it, like and, seventy yards? Yeah, or it was it was a big ass run. It was it was up in their numbers. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he can. That's just a whole rounded team, and I think they're a dynasty to win many Super Bowls. And if they can it, keep it together, <laughs> if Andy Reid can keep it together, we need to talk about Casey in a separate podcast because there's so many points I could bring up. For exactly. It. But yeah, I think they're a dynasty that is here to stay. For I now. gotcha. And who did you say for the uh, AFC South? AFC South Titans gotta go with the gotta go with the home team. I mean, I I do think that. Uh, do you think the Colts are a factor? No. No, I don't. I think I'm they sorry. Knew I, just... I think they had the right idea. They just went and got the wrong guy to do it. They saw Tampa do it and said, "We can do it too." Right. We're and a quarterback away from winning. No. It's it's you have to be the right quarterback away from yeah. winning that that fits in your uh, your repertoire as a coach, right? Because. It gets to the point where, and I'm not trying to steer too far off topic here, but it gets to the point like what we've talked about with Belichick and so mm-hmm. many others. It gets to the point to where 
are you willing to stick with what you know and stick with what's if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yep. Bill Belichick ran a fantastic offensive scheme that wasn't broke for 20 years. Now, granted, he had a pretty damn good quarterback in Tom Brady there. But if you're down there in Indianapolis and you're sitting there going, okay, listen, do we do we get a quarterback who's a little seasoned that we know has succeeded in the past, or are we trying to restructure whole entire offense? And that's a big gamble because restructuring an offense is a gamble, and yep. it takes a it takes a while. Usually, it doesn't take one season turnaround. It doesn't take one off season yep. and a preseason to go. <clears> oh, <throat> we got our shit figured out. Earlier. So I feel like they just gambled, and it didn't work out. I wouldn't necessarily count them out for the near future because they have some time to build. We've got a we talked about this before. We've got a stacked draft coming up. A if stacked. they don't draft a quarterback, which I can see them getting. problem is is they're gonna have such a high draft pick you know like their draft pick is not gonna be in the the justin fields or even kyle trask you know right maybe matt jones but i mean i would give him the heisman right now matt jones know? yeah wow or, or Devontae smith i was gonna say Devontae <laughs> you know? Smith. yeah but yeah i think i think they they kind of gambled a little bit on the quarterback side and it didn't work out in their favor but i wouldn't count them out for the near future but i still think that they're th- still doing okay i think they'll make playoffs as a wild card, you do, but yeah, I, 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 I would be personally, I would be shocked if they did. I, I would be shocked. But they added that extra um, wild card game. They did. Yeah, so you get, uh, you're getting two more teams, right? Two more teams. Yeah, two more teams. Yeah. So, but man, that's a stacked, that's a stacked lineup. When we look at our division favorites, if all those teams make the playoffs, folks, that is. Lord have mercy, that's going to be a stack playoff, and I'm going to be so excited to watch that. Speaking of playoffs, going the off season here. This is I, I I I say this up until about week like we start getting in the playoffs, but talking about the Super Bowl, it's still way too early, and we know this because every single week something is dramatically different. Who are your Super Bowl picks <clears throat> as of like right now? So, my top, I want to say my top three are set in stone. Okay. And then I've got 10 teams on my list right here. I'm about to read to you. The other seven could be put in any order right now. You think I, you think it's that wide right It's now. so crazy. I just the don't know what to do. Long. Number one, Chiefs. Come on. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, he's top dog for MVP this year too. Right. I just I think that you can't beat them. Their defense is a little bit better. I mean, they, they lost to the Raiders, but I think that that was just an off day for them. Agreed. I do think that was an off you day. Know, I think they might have a 15-1 season. Really? Yes. Okay. Number two, Packers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yep. I think with you got to have a you. I preach it. It starts with the quarterback position, whether you want to say it or not. Saints, buy your breeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He. I mean, you know. I mean, whether they decide to go with Taysom Hill or Jameis, like how how far can they go? You know, the Saints have a reputation of a, a, a reputation of choking in the playoffs. Yeah. What if they yeah. don't have Drew Brees? Well, listen, the, the same thing can go with the Chiefs, though. Granted, they've done well in the playoffs for the past two. Well, they won the Super Bowl last year, and the year before that, we know how that turned out. Yeah. Didn't work out. Like, everybody thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl then. But, but Chiefs have had, a, have, have even with Alex Smith, again, shout out to Alex Smith, not, not shit, no, but even with Alex Smith's squads, Andy Reid still had a hard time getting past the first, second rounds. So you never, you never know. Patrick lost that game to the Patriots mm-hmm. in 2018. Yep. But look how young he was. 
by 25, he's already broken every record that a previously 25-year-old hadn't broken yet. So all that's already – he's already the goat of 25-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't know. I think that there's still one for three. I've still got New Orleans. I mean, there's just – they're just uh, – they're a bunch of dogs. If they could figure out their quarterback situation, you yeah. think they would be up there, like really high up there too? Yeah. I want, I want I had them at number three, and then I've been looking at this list, and I want to take them off. <laughs> you know, as I read these other teams that I've got – it's just it's debatable, you know. And number four, Cleveland. I put them at number four. They're 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 probably they're hot right now. They're probably in my they're top four. They're hot five. right now. They they I don't I don't even want to call it a loss. Last night what happened because watching that film back, I don't know if you watched that game last night or mm-hmm. got a chance to, but mm-hmm. Baker, come on, you can't beat that. No, if Baker plays like that every single game, he's he's gonna beat Patrick Mahomes. If squad. I was him, I would have been pissed last night because he did everything he could to win that game last night. What were his final stats? Wasn't like almost 500 yards. Uh, it was insane. That's I don't remember the final stats, but four touchdowns, four yeah. tutties. Yeah, it was it was insane. Good percentage. Yeah. His QB rating was out. I, I, yeah. I do remember his QB rating being being very high. It's the play action. Play action, buddy. <laughs> And you can run. By the sorry, not to interrupt. No, you fine, can run fine. the play action yep. when you have two elite running backs. That's the point. Like and like Jarvis and Rashad Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones. Oh, and then you got David Njoku at tight end. Exactly. And Austin Hooper. <laughs> exactly. You can run. <laughs> Forgot the about him. With that. Forgot about him. Exactly. Number five, Tennessee. Okay. Got to go with it. Okay. Number five, I can. I. I uh... Number six. <sighs> Like I said, these last spots are up for grabs. Right. I put Tampa right here. You think you think Tampa has a just because Tom Brady's postseason history is insane. I respect that, but he's also aging. Yeah. How much can he? How how much longer can he be Tom Brady? Especially not around you know? the structure that he had in, in New England, the weapons he had. Yeah. I number agree. number seven, I went with the Bills. What I'm realizing as I'm looking at this list is that I did not put Pittsburgh on here. You think you think Pittsburgh? Do you think Pittsburgh was like a team that could shoe in, or do you think that they could actually win and fight their way to a Super Bowl spot? I everything that they do in the playoffs is going to be very well earned. Anything that they do, I agree. Because you're not you don't get to play Jacksonville. Those no. days are over. No, you know you're you're not even getting to play the Raiders. Like like the Raiders are in the hunt right now, but they won't be in the playoffs. The Steelers just. They beat really bad teams. That's they what did. they've done. They did, you know, they really or they teams. beat mediocre team teams. They got faced with a they had a couple good matchups, but but most of the teams they were playing were expected yeah. to be blowouts or wins at least. It was showed that whenever they faced the best defense that they faced all season in Washington, they could not win. Then they Buffalo just beat them by double digits. You know, now they've lost two games in a row. They were just ten and zero or eleven and zero. Now they're eleven and two. Right. You know, but. I've got Baltimore at number eight. You got to keep him in there. It's Lamar, but right. but what has he done in the playoffs? Not very much. Exactly. There's not much to see from it. Exactly. You know, number nine. I put number nine and number ten. I put the Rams in Seattle. Just because of the defense and and Seattle's offense. I'm taking. I am taking. The Baltimore Ravens. No, I'm taking the Buffalo Bills out of this. And I'm putting the Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. How dare you? Yeah. How dare I just you? don't think Josh Allen has it yet. How dare you? I just how dare you? That that kid is a walking gem. He is a walking stud. I just don't know what. 
I don't see how far he can go. He's not consistent. He's okay. I understand when you talk about consistency, but it's Buffalo, right? It's Buffalo. And he's still learning. One of the things that, and I want to, I'm not trying to steer away too much from topic. I know we do this. Welcome to two dudes. But (laughs) one thing that we have to focus on with Josh Allen is he didn't know how to throw. He was throwing absolute ball bombs. He was throwing. There is a he, with that cannon that he had, and with the little accuracy he had. Yes, <laughs> yes. But, but what I'm what I'm saying is, Pat, Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. If you put them side by side, I think Pat Mahomes has him by less than five yards as far as how far they can throw. Josh Allen has a on paper recorded of like eighty two fucking yards. You think Patrick beats Josh Allen as a quarterback in a length throwing contest? Yes, yes. I think and I. They I talked I, about doing it in this offseason. It, it would everyone, be, it everyone would be wants close. To know. It would be so close to the point to where if one player didn't stretch enough or if one player slept in the hotel room wrong and his arm was a little sore, I think that would be that would be the factor. Yeah. Now if the the threshold between those two players and every other quarterback in the league is very, very there's there's so much room. There's a huge gap. Because there's not a lot of players that can throw like they can. One of the reasons that I say that Josh Allen was inconsistent, and I mean we're both well, you're you're still an athlete, and I was a former athlete. I mean, it doesn't matter what sport I was playing. It it seemed like every time someone tried to change my technique, it changed my on the field or it changed my on the court presence, whatever it was. I, I played multiple sports, and it, it like the biggest instance though was was playing baseball when I was a kid because I had to relearn how to hit. I started right handed. I, I write right handed. So oh yeah, I, I I thought I was right handed in golf and baseball, and it turns out I was dominant left handed in those sports. And you hit it, left. I hit left now. Those are rare. You don't yeah. see a lot of left handed batters. No, I'm I'm right handed and I hit left. I swing golf left. I golf left handed, and it like I started out playing both of those sports right handed. Now whenever you switch to lefty, I had to learn totally new technique because it was it like whenever somebody said, try your left hand. Like, try this way. Does it feel better? I'm like, yeah, it feels better. It feels like I'm not trying to tie my shoes blindfolded right now. Like, that's what it felt like trying to swing with the opposite hand. And I'm just not that ambidextrous with, with a baseball batter. Like, with basketball I was, but yeah. not with football or uh, a baseball batter or golf club. But they were like, okay, try this, change this. And it was a gap where I knew that I wasn't doing as well as I could have been <laughs> because they were changing my technique. And it's it's drastic, especially when you're, like, 8 or 10 years old. It's, it's not necessarily too late. But it's like, it, you just have to relearn a lot of stuff. Yeah. Josh Allen pretty much had to relearn how to throw. Because when he got to Buffalo, when he got drafted, they were basically telling him, hey, you, he was throwing all arm. He wasn't using his body. His footwork was good in the pocket, right? And he had good footwork presence in the pocket. But as far as like actually putting his whole body into it... You have to rip your... He was, you have to fling those hips. He wasn't using his hips. Yeah. And he was still throwing 80-yard bombs. Yeah. And he was just using his arm. Yep. So it was. It was just. A, it's. I feel like because they had to. They got him throw techniques, and he's much better at it now. I. I feel like that. Now with him having that, it's like it's complete. It's gonna take him a minute, but we're seeing spurts of it now where he's really starting to perform well. Dude, I. I. I I'm. I'm gonna have to. I, I want to slap you across the face right now. I'm talking you, about. You want to put. Who are you putting them over? Steelers. Steelers, hundred percent Steelers. I'm I'm putting the Bills over to Steelers right now, hundred percent. And I'm gonna get shit for that. And I know you're looking at me like I'm some sort of whack job wacko, but like, really, I, I'm actually not. In the sense of, that game was just played. 
Buffalo and the Steelers. I I kind of forgot about that. Right. The Buffalo just beat them fifteen to twenty six. My problem with Buffalo is they're not consistent. You know, they can't. It's already been seen. They can't beat the top dog in the AFC. They can't beat the Chiefs. They almost lost to the Patriots. They lost because they won because of a, a fumble by Cam. Now, you know? now, now, let me. They're let not me, consistent. Let me rephrase. Are they consistent? No. Is Josh Allen getting better at consistency? Yes. Yes. I feel like Josh Allen on his best day beats the Steelers on their best day. What do you think Buffalo needs? I think Buffalo needs time. Literally, I think he needs a couple of really elite targets, right? And I think Buffalo Buffalo's defense is actually doing okay. Like, they started off the season, and we were kind of questioning whether they were going to be able to hold those. They're not holding – I mean, they're not letting a lot of points score. They shouldn't without secondary. Exactly. Their secondary is nice. Their secondary is stacked. Micah so, Hyde and Tredavious White. Shout out to Tredavious White, bro. He he is <laughs> he's a dog. He's a dog. I mean, he's a he's a good dude too. Yeah, off the field. Yep. I've I've seen some interviews with him. I think he did an interview with uh, Pat McAfee. We're doing a lot of shout outs. Shout out to Pat McAfee. One of the reasons why I really wanted to do this thing. You were an inspiration and a dog. Shout out to Skip and Shannon. <laughs> Maybe not Skip. <laughs> Skip, fuck you. <laughs> Skip Bayless. You're you're something of, of yourself. Uh, we wish you good luck in Tom your retirement. Tom Brady, dick sucker. Uh, <laughs> literally. Yeah. But I, I will say this, though. In all seriousness, Josh Allen, I think on his best day, beats the Steelers. And I think for, for Buffalo to really get in the race, they're going to need maybe one bigger target, maybe two bigger targets. And, and a tight end. A tight oh end. My one of them has to be a tight oh end. Oh, my God. If Josh Allen had a tight end to throw to, I, I don't think his consistency would have been as bad this year because he's not having the same setups that a lot of these other quarterbacks are having with stud tight ends and wide receivers. Talking about Cole Beasley while we're on Buffalo real quick. Yeah. He he has, he has the, top, like, the top stats that you think people are leading in. He's leading all of those. Yep. Like he has more receptions than DK. Um, he has, he has more, like more yards. He than has more Tyreek. touchdowns too. Like he he has more touchdowns than Julio. Mm-hmm. Cole Beasley is being slept on this season. You know, Buffalo but, will be something in short time. I, I don't think they have it. I don't think they have it. I don't think. Well, let me rephrase. I think Buffalo will make a solid run. I, don't I do think too. They have it to go all the way this season. No, no I, I'm not saying that. Can't get past either. KC this year. No, I don't think they're going to get past KC. I would like to see a good. Uh, that could be Patrick a conference Mahomes game. And, yeah, I, I would love to see that shit. That would be awesome. But I don't think they have the juice right now to get past a very hot KC team with Pat Mahomes and company. But in two years, I predict that they could win. I, I predict they could win the, the division. I, I, re- I really do. And I predict that they can go all the way to the Super Bowl. If, if yeah. they play their cards right, and if Josh Allen really does fix his consistency issues, which I do honestly believe he will, I could see Josh Allen being a very, very hot quarterback. A very hot quarterback. Oh, yeah. He's, he's top 10 already. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. You can't. I can. Something that I can't wait to watch next season will be the AFC East battle between yes. Miami, New England. If they build Cam around right, like we already talked about, and then Buffalo, that's gonna be a fight. Jets. I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> yeah, we. It was one of the topics we thought about talking about today was the Jets, but right. honestly, they don't even deserve to be talked yeah, about. No, and we would have lost just talking about them. <laughs> we would. We would have taken an L just talking about them, which which I agree. They're. God bless them. God bless people yeah. in New York. I thought Cleveland had it bad. Cleveland's got a good team now, at least. They've got a they've got a championship contending team, and especially with the weapons that they have, I feel like in the next year with Baker and everybody kind of filling out their roles, that could definitely be a very dangerous team that Cleveland should not pass away. But the Jets just don't have anybody. Nope. They just don't. Nope. And, and like, we're talking about 
even back to the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez, dude. Like everyone talks about how much of a meme that is. That is a absolute on the dot, clear as crystal, black and white representation of what the New York Jets have been like for the past fifteen years. The Knicks. The Knicks. Oh, the Knicks of football. Literally, literally. And and I hate it for New York. You know, I hate it for well, they've got the Giants, right? And they've got the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. But I hate it for the Jets fans. I do have Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Wow, I spaced out. Yeah, I was like, where's like, Buffalo? Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo's a Canada. <laughs> Buffalo. Low key, I thought until I was like, is it Buffalo and Buffalo? Is it Buffalo and Buffalo? Buffalo's right on the verge of Canada. It's like it's like literally on the border. So we we took there. a long time with this, but with that we got a lot off topic. But now I'm ready to ask you, okay, this question, okay, top picks for the draft? No, for Super Bowl. It's way too early, but. You heard me. I want to hear you. If I had to stay right now and tell you who my Super Bowl picks are going to be, it's going to be a pick. It's going to be a conventional pick. I I, I, I don't necessarily want to route them out, but I feel like KC could slip up. I still think that, like, like as of right now, when you and I are talking, we're going into week 15 right now. I, I feel like KC is probably your Super Bowl winner. Mm-hmm. <coughs> <coughs> Jesus Christ. You good? <coughs> Damn. I choked on a little bit of beer. Sorry, y'all. Blooper number 72. Welcome to Two Dudes for the 19th time. <coughs> Jesus, fuck. Apparently, I have a Start drinking problem. about the Jets. It's already choking. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> talking about the Jets and the Chiefs. Oh, fuck. Wash down beer with more beer. Mm. Shout out to Takate making the shittiest beer we could buy. Well, no, there's there's no. way worse beers. This is not bad. I I like Tecate every now and then, but I'm definitely gonna I'm not gonna get the light next time. I'm gonna go with the regular. I think, man, I I think I think no matter how I look at in a logical sense, even though like given Casey's history, I feel like Casey's gonna be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I feel like Casey's gonna be there, and I don't think that there's. There's a way they could slip up, you know, especially with the teams that they easily. could be facing. They, they could easily slip up. I think Cleveland's going to give if them a any, run for if, their fucking money. If anybody can, I swear to you, if anybody can knock them out, it's going to be Cleveland. Oh, I'm yeah. hopping on the Baker Mayfield I train. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm hopping on the Baker Mayfield train. I want it to happen because of all the shit Baker has been given this season. Exactly. By Stephen A. Everybody. Everyone. Everyone. Everybody has been just chopping at this man, and now he's, he's whipping it out on yep. him. Which I'm, which I'm thankful for, but I, I think it's you, you have to keep Casey in the conversation. Um, close number twos. I, I could see, I could see Cleveland really getting up there, and I also have Ball. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Buffalo up there too. I, I think that they can make a serious run. Now, granted, those two teams are going to have to play consistent good ball, but I think they have a, more of a chance than a lot of people give them credit for, simply because of who they have on their team. Yep. Don't doubt out or don't out doubt um, Josh Allen, and don't count out. Uh, Baker Mayfield. You just can't. Let me just say how more stat the AFC is than the NFC. Exactly. The three teams that you just said for your top three, no NFC teams are in there. You know? Right. Like we see, we just see the Packers or the Saints getting in the Super Bowl or the, even maybe the Buccaneers, but we don't see them winning. We didn't say one thing about them winning. If, it's all AFC teams. If, 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 I had, if I had to sit down and tell you right now, granted, I think it's going to be Packers and, and Chiefs. Yeah. I can see that right now. Right now, yes. Yeah. Did that change in the postseason? That could change next week. Yeah. Like if if KFC has a really hard slip up, or God forbid, Aaron Rodgers or something happens to him, whether he gets hurt or he just has a slip up too, 
you know, things can change because those two teams are revolving around star-studded Hall of Fame quarterbacks. The number one seed is still not on lock either. No. You know. Especially in the NFC. I, th- I think the NFC is going to have yep. a dogfight coming up for the number one spot. But I, I would say I don't think anybody's – Tampa Bay would have to pull out something hardcore and almost impossible they, to get to the Super Bowl. They but, are so they, – they have – they have a great offense with a really old quarterback who Tom Brady is used to having that elite defense to depend on. Exactly. I don't know what the fuck is going on down there. Nobody I thought does. that that defense was going to be something. And for a little bit, they looked like they would be something. Come to about week five. Tampa's defense is shit. <laughs> it's terrible. Yes. Like, it's awful. Yes. You can't, you're not going to beat the, even the Saints, your own division rival, you're not right. going to beat them in the playoffs with that shit. You, they need to really. That's that would be my focus point right now. They're coming off the bye week. They need to get their shit together. Do you think that the Steelers have a shot? Now, granted, a, a record aside, do you think they have a shot at actually having a good playoff run and making it to the bowl? Let me let me say everything I've been saying about the Steelers has been mostly based off their record. <clears throat> Talk about the playoffs. I may contradict myself from what I said earlier, but I don't care. I've thought about it a little bit more. For the for Pittsburgh to make a run in this playoffs, which I, I think even with this factor happening, KC will still give them a hard run for the money. Yep. Cleveland will, Buffalo will. They will ride that defense to heaven. You think so? They will ride TJ Watt to heaven. <laughs> yeah, I I could see that. Big Ben, you are great at what you do and what you're doing this season are short little quick passes. Yep. Dump little, screens little and dump whatnot. Screens. You don't see the big bend that you once saw, and that Tommy John injury that he had, it's a big injury. We both know it. Yep. You know, but it changed him a little bit. And it did. He's also 39 or 40. I think, I think to 40. he's up there. He, yeah. I don't know if he's 40, but he's up yeah. there. It's about time for them to get a new quarterback, too. Yep. You know, and, and they can't this season because they'll be too high in a draft pick. But, you know, you might get a Deshaun Watson in free agency or a right. Prescott, you know. Well, and again, and something else real quick that I want to talk about. We're, we're running out of time here, guys. We're going to try to wrap this up for you. But one thing that I feel, and we've talked about this in private too, I feel like one thing that these teams have a hard time doing is letting go of these quarterbacks yes. because they've, they've done so big bends. If you talk, okay, in retrospect right now, a good quarter to maybe a third of the starting quarterbacks right now are Hall of Famers or could be potentially Hall of mm-hmm. Famers. Patrick Mahomes, unless he just joins ISIS or something in the next couple of years, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Okay, Big Ben, Hall of Famer, and he will be up there and the best to ever do it. Tom, yes, Tom Brady, Hall of Famer, Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, Big Ben, Hall of Famer. We're talking about these big key guys, and as much as I hate to say it, Eli Manning, Hall of Famer. Okay, but these teams, along with New York, have a hard time breaking up with these absolute stud quarterbacks who have given their all for that team and I get it but the NFL's a business guys it's a it's a business and as much as I love Big Ben and everything that he's done for the Steelers nation it's time he's he's older and he's not producing well but if they want to if 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 Mike Thomas still wants to run this um we're going to run dump screens all damn game and not have a deep threat whatever what if it if it gets you Go success? Get <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But if you can, oh, 
Do you think think him and Mike Tomlin would get along? Uh, Him and Belichick got along. Well, that you know of. It's been a year. Less than a year. Yeah, that's true. But I I think some of these teams are going to have to learn. These organizations are going to have to learn. Okay, yeah, he sells jerseys. He's always going to sell jerseys. Yeah. But But it's time. Give us wins. You you have wins. Chances to win a Super Bowl. A real chance. Because we saw they had they, they were undefeated for 12 games. Yeah. You're undefeated for 12 games, folks. And you're starting to see your true colors in the but team. how is your first loss in the NFC least? <laughs> the oh. NFC least. <laughs> how were your wins? Because they weren't, I mean, they weren't blowing these teams. They had a couple big wins, but they weren't. It's not like they, they were. They almost lost to Dallas. Right. Let's say it. I'll beat around. I'm not beating around the bush. They almost lost to the Dallas Cowboys. A da- not the Prescott real, Not the real Dallas Cowboys. No. The cow. I'm. I'm gonna call them the Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> the Dallas Cowgirls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 tough. It's it's tough for for Steelers Nation. But again, like them and so many other organizations, you have a stacked recruiting or uh, not recruiting class. Good lord, you have a stacked draft coming up. They have some quarterbacks in it. Yep. Uh, a few. A few. So maybe trade for a draft pick. Trade for trade for a high draft pick. Who are they giving up? Juju. Oh. Juju. It's debatable. Juju. Because, I I mean, who else could you get from that offense that could really be, besides Ben himself, which that's a moot point. I, I'm not saying cut Ben. Do you think I'm they saying. Could get a high enough pick out of James Conner? And then their first round pick? Yeah, I think they could. Actually, yeah, I think they could. I think not, that's, I think that's better than Juju. Five, but. No, I think that's better than Juju now. Think about it. That was good thinking. But then again, I mean, those we can't sit here and think that all those quarterbacks will be gone in the first five picks because other teams. I think they'll be gone in the first fifteen. Other other teams are going to need those other players. If it, the way it's looking right now, the other teams are going to be trading up. This and draft is stat. Let, let, what I'm saying, we we'll have to talk about it another time. But we'll talk Michael about it Parsons, podcast, but. <laughs> Gregory Russo, that the defense aside, Patrick Sertan. It's going to be real. It's going to be some dogs in this draft class. And I'm excited to see what teams do in the offseason. For sure, I'm going to be excited to see what these uh, teams that seem to be having uh, uh, attachment issues with these quarterbacks, such as New York and yeah. and uh, Pittsburgh and so on and so forth, have Chargers, with these quarterbacks and the Chargers had. and everything like that. Like, it's time to split ties. Maybe not cut them. Keep them on your roster. Give them, uh, Dude, if Pat, Pat Mahomes basically had Alex Smith to help him out for the first little bit and, you know, Look where it got him. Yep. And Alex Smith is a great quarterback. I think that he didn't. Oh, yeah. he, he, a lot of people would say he underachieved in the postseason to Casey, which I'm a Casey fan. I can say he did. Yep. But he's still Titans. an elite quarterback. He's Titans still, were their worst fear. Literally, that New England were their worst fear, which is, granted, New England was were everybody's worst oh, yeah. fear for a while. But in all retrospect, keep him. Keep Big Ben. He's a smart guy. He's a smart individual. He's never, ever been dumb in the pocket. So just keep him on the squad. Have him as a backup if you need him. God forbid your rookie quarterback gets hurt. Big Ben can step in whenever you need him. Yep. But be there for young quarterbacks. That way you can develop another Ben Roethlisberger. You can develop another Eli Manning if you want to be that Big Ben would stay in the lead in that role for his last yeah. two years. Yeah, I think so. Really? If they Are you kidding me? He's had a Hall of Fame career. He's done. He has nothing left to prove. It's the same thing with yeah. Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady would do the same thing. Absolutely. If they paid him a check, hell yeah. If they paid him a check and said, here, can you just mentor him? Yes. And we'll put you in when we need you? Yes. And especially what's going to come in key is in the preseason. I can see Tom Brady doing that because he loves being in the league. 
He doesn't want to retire. It's obvious. It's money, man. You know. It's money. Yep. It's money. It makes the world go round. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this up real quick. Thank you so much, our uh, listeners here, for tuning in to the Two Dudes Podcast. This is episode one. Go ahead and give a round of applause. Episode one. It was awesome. I had so much fun doing this. Did you have fun? It was really... It's a good stretch reliever. Yeah, exactly. It's a good stretch reliever. Sitting here puffing on some some nice uh, vapes. Shout out to our dudes over there, L7 Vapors and uh, Smoky Mountain Vapor. No plug, no shame, uh, no sponsors. No sponsorships, but we just like them. So we're gonna we're gonna give a plug on this podcast. Uh, definitely not my beer of choice, but I was like, fuck it. It Cross works. New. It works. We're are you two or three in? How many in? Uh, three. Three. Yep. Matter boy, we're. Uh, this is my. I threw one away. So I'm on my. I just finished my third here. Talking about New England, I had to finish one pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't get on this anymore. Yep. Uh, it's time to. We might start to get out the liquor. But uh, anyway, enough talking about alcohol. Thanks so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Two Dudes. Uh, this has been awesome. Won't we be tu- tuning in on Tuesdays, hopefully? We're going to try Tuesdays, guys. Uh, it's going to be something we're going to try to do, and I'll try to upload as quick as I can. Uh, might be more like we're recording on Tuesdays and uploading on Wednesdays. Yep. I feel like that might be happening here, but uh, we're going to do the best we can. We're also going to try to get some video in on this. That way you can actually see us talk here. We do some pretty stupid shit. Uh, in real life and I don't know our, our, our mannerisms would be kind of funny to watch yeah. too on video um, you're definitely not going to watch it for the pretty factor I'll tell you that right now nope this is not my money maker it's my all football my, 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 my face is not my money maker but it's all football we're going to try to make this the best experience for you guys as well so we're, we're learning as we go we're trying our best and we appreciate you guys for tuning in so it is December 15th December 15th it's a Tuesday and uh, it, we're here in Knoxville we're going to go ahead and uh Gonna go ahead and sign off. You got anything to say to the folks for him? Thank you for tuning in. It's been a good first one. I've had a lot of fun doing it with my boy Noah over here. And for sure. Can't wait to tune into the next one. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Now, I will say the next podcast is gonna be stacked because we got a lot of stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about today. And I have a feeling that the NFL is going to explode oh, in the week. next couple of weeks for sure. So stay tuned. Uh, you could find us on Anchor for now. We're going to try to also get this. I know for a fact I can get this on SoundCloud, so I'll go ahead and say we're, we're going to put it on SoundCloud too. Uh, and you can find us hopefully soon on Spotify and iTunes, Apple Music. So uh, keep hanging, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you.